No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. We'd like to take a moment to say congratulations. 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 congratulations to our shop sponsor, tour bus. Shop Tour Bus, yeah. for selling 10,000 sales. You guys are amazing. You've sent 10,000 sales all over the world, 5,000 bootlegs. I mean, to damn. every state in the nation and many other countries around the globe. Congratulations, this is a, it's guys. It's just cute what they wrote. I'm going to just read it. Hard to believe that this little tour bus surpassed 10,000 orders yesterday. That includes more than 5,000 bootlegs sent to every state in this nation and many other countries around the globe. Going to take this air-cooled engine where we don't need roads. Safe to say even the small businesses require a huge lift from lots of people all the time. Thanks to our crazy fans, friends, and followers and our design print and packing teams. The bus came by and we stayed on. That's right. That's yeah. right. And you can jump on too yeah. if you go to www.shoptourbus.com or at shoptourbus on Instagram. Hook yourself up with a new t-shirt, hoodie, sticker that has an amazing Grateful Dead inspired design on it. And these amazing packages that made me fall in love with them oh so five years ago. I know. I'm excited and waiting for my Shop Tour Bus uh, merch tee. I know. I ordered you a little something from I'm them. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to get free shipping when you put in the promo code No, no Simple, Simple Road. Road. All one word. Yep. That's right. When you're checking out. And if you want to put a personalized message or something like that inside your box, just throw it in the notes and they'll hook you up with that too. So go to shoptourbus.com, put in the promo code No Simple Road. What do you call a fish with no eye? What? A psh, a psh. That's but pretty good. Electric pretty fish does have an eye in it. Yes, it does. And they are a sponsor of No Simple Road, and you too can have IQ technology hanging in your house That'd just be like cute. we do. Like a literal eyeball for IQ technology. That would be cool. It would. Yeah. With that little glowing effect. These are amazing, one of a kind, like lighting fixtures for your house yeah. that really do come to life when you put the color changing bulb in them or you put the bluetooth speaker in them these things are amazing and they can be in basically any shape you can imagine or a cartoon character or what sports team sports team let me say this shapes. i said we can like you know a while back i was like oh you can buy one for your grandbaby or your kid how about for your grandma one of my clients is up in those older years in her 70s 
and we were I was doing a treatment on her and she was totally amazed at how a light bulb could be a speaker and it could also look like a sloth. She was completely we jamming Bruno. Yeah, we were jamming <laughs> Bruno, you know, got them spa tunes on. <laughs> Bruno is Mel's uh, electric, Shop, yeah. electric fish lights sloth. light that it's in the shape of a sloth and it has a color changing bulb and, and a, Bluetooth a Bluetooth speaker. speaker. So you know what? You can blow your grandma's mind yeah. with a new light or your grandpa. I'm a grandpa. I would love right? to get that as a gift. Set them up there with their Bluetooth speaker on their phone and they will be happy as a lark. Yep. And you're getting 25% off what? from our friends at Electric Fish Lights. When you check out, put in the promo code NSR. You're going to get 25% off. All these lights are upcycled vinyl. They come with a 12-year energy-efficient, safe-to-leave-on bulb, a 12-foot cord, and a hardware kit to hang the light. And, man, they make any room that they go in look dope. And think about this. What? When you order, you do NSR promo code for 25% off. They're going to send you some Delaware magic in your box. We don't know what it is. Everybody likes Delaware and magic. Why not? So, it's true. So, get on board. Electricfishlights.com, promo code NSR. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Mel Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Simple.
breather. He is. He's a full-on heavy breather. We should crank call people and just hold the phone up to Darwin's mouth. He's a genuine heavy breather. Hey, now. No Simple Road family, you're here with us in the middle of another conversation that was happening about Actually, Darwin's breathing. Yeah, Darwin's heavy breathing. Yeah. Well, it was kind of warm out. He was laying out there. He's a hot dog right now. Are you a hot dog right now, Apple? No, Darwin is, though. You know who's a hot More dog? More like a chili dog. You know who's a hot dog? <laughs> Who? David Gans. Yeah, hot right. dog is. Yeah. He's our guest this week on No Simple Road, everybody. Yep. Welcome and thank you, David Gans, for showing up and having such an insightful and really thoughtful conversation with us yeah this look david gans is grateful dead royalty i mean if you don't know who he is and you're a grateful dead fan you're living under a rock (laughs) (laughs) yes and not a good rock either a weird rock out in the middle of some field somewhere with moss and like grass growing on one side of it don't make people feel bad maybe this is awesome that they're getting to no, a brand new person because David does something every single day so uh, they can get a new favorite. All I'm saying is that David is all over the Grateful Dead world. Yes, he is. And uh, yeah, he's done many books that you need to go check out. And he does, he plays a basically a concert. Is it every single day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, every day he does one from, from his place. What's the, do you have the time? You um, should give it a I little think plugs, I, I, pluggy plug. No, pretty sure it's at four. Wait, hold on. Nope. See, here, Apple, talk for a minute. Supposed to, here, well, this I'm is looking, me talking, everybody. Well, okay. I wanted to say I'm that. I'm looking at his books now. Me which, too. Playing in the band. Okay. All right. Um, this is all a dream we dreamed and conversations. With the on. dead. Yeah. Conversations with the dead. I think there's another, um, the Grateful Dead interview book. I mean. That's what it was. And so, also Tales from the Golden Road, which untitled, yeah, yes. yeah, there's an untitled un, yeah, there's a there's a couple more. If you have Sirius XM and you're a Grateful Dead fan, you know what I'm talking about. Tales from the Golden Road is every Sunday on the Grateful Dead channel on Sirius XM, and it's David Gans and Gary Lambert talking stories from days past, sharing some music, and then other heads call in that's the the, i I love that it's it's the best it is the most entertaining fun funny show it it, the we've heard some incredible funny stories on there i like the ones that are like hey man yeah talk like the total like like california cliche kind of yeah dude (laughs) it was 79 and yeah, Jerry's foot crust fell off the stage onto my head, man. Yeah. So back to his daily performances that he does. It's all shows are David Gann's solo electric unless otherwise noted. Somebody joins him once in a while. It is every day from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific time. And it's on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Streamstock. Wow. wow. I mean, that's, that's like. Dedication. I, pardon the pun. Dedication. No, oh, get it. Okay. No, I, but that, that's down for the set, man. That's like, I am going to provide entertainment to the family every well, day. And also, like, that's a strong practice every day for however many hours. Like, you're, that's a disciplined bot person. That's, oh, yeah, that's, that's like a meditation practice yes. or a yoga practice yes. or a magic practice. Or, I would even say it's dedicated. Oh. 
again. Oh man! And they, well, you 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 got you have to go like to his site too to see all this stuff because he also does photography. I mean, he does so many things, many talents, and his website is dgans d g a n s dot com, and that'll lead you to the many many things that David does. Yep. Speaking of many things that people do let's let's get you guys to the interview we'll tell you about the many things that no simple road does and get you to the interview with david remember everybody hang out after the conversation with david to spend some time with the three of us catching up there's been a lot going on lately and uh we have a lot to say i think right yeah we got things to say by the way this is apple oh yeah and aaron <laughs> and mel Mel's shaking her head over here like i don't have nothing to say <laughs> nothing's been going nothing's on been me. going on with mel she's been actually just sitting in a dark room in the lotus position floating <laughs> for the past month. So that's that's not true, everybody. She's I didn't want to know if that now. was true. She probably have a lot to talk about. That's absolutely true. Anyway, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at No Simple Road. You can go to www.nosimpleroad.com. At nosimpleroad.com, there is a plethora, a glut, a litany of things that you can do over there. You can sign up for a tarot reading with Mel and I, a one-hour tarot reading. We will use the Grateful Dead tarot deck, which is the most amazing tarot deck I have it come across. It helps us speak more of our updated current language. Yeah. And if you're a fan of the Grateful Dead and you have been immersed in Grateful Dead music and lyrics forever, this deck screams like a loudspeaker at you. Yeah, and it does. So you'll get a one-hour tarot reading with us on a Zoom call, and um, I'll send you a personalized playlist based on the cards that you pull, because every card in this deck represents either a character in a Grateful Dead song or a Grateful Dead song itself. That's cute. So the cards that you pull actually make a playlist, and it somehow magically fits your life and whatever question you asked, which is really cool. And then I'll also send you a synopsis of it and a picture of all the cards that you pulled. Um, if you were at Northwest String Summit or Peach, you can click on pictures at the top in the menu and you just might see yourself if we took your picture at Peach or Northwest String Summit. Now, also, um, you can sign up for the newsletter. And you right. said that and you could do you could do my favorite thing, go over that merch tab and check out our awesome mm. merch. Get yourself a t-shirt, fanny pack, coffee mug. I mean, there's we got lots of things. To I wear my fanny pack every day now. Yeah, you actually do. And that's not bullshit. I have been losing my phone so much less. Wow. Really? Because you got a place to put oh, it. Oh, that's true. You know what? I, you. Now that you mention it, I notice it. A lot of times I wear stuff with no pockets. Or if like if I have a skirt on, it doesn't have a pocket. Or if I'm like, you know, you guys know how I walk around so fast and active. Like, it's just not good to have stuff in my pockets. But ever since I've gotten this fanny pack, it's changed my life. That's where all the lighters <laughs> end up. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't have, I have one red one in that okay. fit. So yeah, that's nosimpleroad.com, everybody. That's like the No Simple Road mothership, the hub. Yeah. And there's also a uh, calendar of events on there. We've got Goose coming up on Thursday next week. Ooh, yeah. And we're all looking very much forward yeah, to this. Yeah, downtown Portland. I'm That's excited. I got a cute new shirt today outside. for it. So if you see us, if you're up here in the Portland area or you're traveling up for the Goose shows and you see us there, make sure you come over and give us a hug yeah, and say hi. say hi. We'll give you a sticker and give you a hug and we'll hang out and dance together. I'm really looking forward to this show. It's going to be dope outside at Pioneer Square. Goose always brings the heat. I personally am 100% sold on Goose. And then the week after, 
Mel and I are headed down to um, Den- Denver. We're not, you're talking about oh, the month I'm, away. I'm talking about babe. personal life. Sorry. To, yeah, we're, go, we're going to Denver for dicks for the four day tour. We're going to Christmas. <laughs> Next week after is Halloween. Wow. I'm going to be Batman. We haven't been doing our homework. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so we're going down to Dix, and we are going to be podcasting live with Osiris Media from the Dix lot. Oh, yeah. And we are going to be live streaming the Shakedown. So if you see us walking around Shakedown with a bunch of camera equipment and microphones and stuff, come on over and say hi. We'll interview you for the live stream. And, uh, yeah, that we're going to be doing that. We're going to be at O'Teal and Friends here in Portland. And then am I, I'm missing something. No, Maybe. I'm I blank stairs. I can't think of anything. Well, other than like personal life stuff, like you guys are going to a wedding. No, I'm going to a wedding I don't need in to Vegas. Announce. I don't need, to, need announce to announce that on that. the simple road. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, all, we're all going to separate weddings. Yeah, if you guys are going to Brooke and Keaton's months. wedding, well, everybody, I'm, come on, hang out. A with portion us. of No Simple Road is going to um, Tab here in Portland. Yeah. What? Yes, I'm going. Yeah, that you're going to be at a wedding, yeah. and I'm going to tab, and then, and then that one, the tabs come in, and then uh, like circles is the same night. Two circles oh, really? around the sun. Yeah, they're going to oh, be no. here on the 24th, same evening. Yeah. So there's, there's I'm a, going to tab because Cody invited me, and I can't wait. Point was, there's a calendar of events up on nosimpleroad.com, and you can go over there and find out where we're going to be, and you can come occupy the same physical space as us. There is nothing more that we like than hanging out with you guys at shows. You we know like it's true. It. There's Mel's song for the week, everybody. Well, if we put like all this, like we're going to be a Safeway at 1, 1 p.m. on Saturday. <laughs> oh, <and laughs> I'm going to the car wash on Sunday <laughs> yeah. morning. All right. What were you going to say? I'll save it for later. Till the end? Yeah. To get in. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're digressing. All right. Yeah, we're bit. digressing. Also, patreon.com forward slash no simple road monetarily support no simple road if you listen to no simple road every week you're getting the show gratis help a brother free sans charge and you know what it's nice to exchange energy when somebody's creating something and you're consuming that creation you cause an energetic shift between you and them when you exchange monetary means you validate their art and you support it by helping them continue to do what they love and they're passionate about them being us, you being you, you support us. Sometimes you were too wordy, babe, and you missed the whole thing. No. It's like a bomb drop. Be like, say one thing and then the boom. Thing. I'm, giving let them, them, I'm giving them a download of information. <laughs> it's an energetic exchange between us and you and you and us become one thing in the multiverse and we continue to do this show and you continue to listen to it and be entertained by it and listen to me be really wordy. All right? That's yeah. Patreon. We appreciate your patronage. 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 Yeah. Patronage. Yep. All right? And if you want to do something for the show that doesn't cost anything, you can call 971-808-1524. That is the tepid line. What do they do with the tepid line, Mel? They leave any kind of information they want. They can leave their name, birthday, social security number, (laughs) (laughs) credit card card number, number, bank account info. No, this is where you call and you tell us about yourself. You tell us like, hey, I'm really digging the show or I just got these cool new boots and I don't got nobody else to tell. And here they are. Um, You can be like, I just went to a show and it was the best guitar playing I've ever heard. Or you You can be like, I'm going on vacation. Woohoo. I can't wait. Tell us whatever you want. Or you could like call in and ask a question. You could be like, okay, guys, the three of you, what are your favorite kind of donuts each? Go. Yeah. And then we'd tell you. And I'm not going to tell you now. Because Do you like dogs? Yeah. See? 
all kinds of things. <laughs> 971-808-1524. Also, if you want to help spread the word about No Simple Road to people that don't know about the show, you can, what, Apple? Tell them. What do you do to help spread the mycelial network? Tell a friend. You tell a friend. No. Or a family well, member. No, no, or a, no. Five star. Yeah, there you go, Mel. Oh, you the- smash that five star button on uh, Apple it. Podcasts and podcasts, (laughs) (laughs) and then you'd be like, "Hey, that was such a good episode with Billy Strings," or "Hey, I love that episode with Jeff Firewalker Schmidt," or "I can't wait to hear this upcoming." Whatever you guys get the idea, but let us know something cool. Yeah, give us a little few little words. Press the five star, and it will let everybody out there know about our show even more. I want to back up for a second. Um, the the whole Patreon thing, everybody. Seriously, I know that that's a weird thing. Like, asking people to support your art is an odd thing to do. And especially nowadays, everything is so transactional and weird. And money is not, like, tangible anymore. It's just, like, numbers on a bank account. It's all this weird thing. But I'm serious with what I said. Like, if you're listening to the show every week and you're, you know, you're... look forward to no simple road and you've been listening to the show for a while. I just ask that you would consider signing up on Patreon for a buck. It really does do something energetically for all of us. It's not just a money thing. It's a, it's a community building thing. And I know it doesn't seem like it, but it really is. It, it makes you a part of something and it connects us to you. And then magically something, amazing stuff happens and I don't know what that is I don't pretend to understand how the inner workings of the universe work but that thing I know that it happens and so that's what's up with Patreon it's not just us trying to make money off of you guys it's it's us creating community and and a a flow between all of us and also hey if you're new to No Simple Road and this is your first time listening thanks for coming on board and jumping on the bus with us and there I'm guessing out of the 277, this is 277, I think episodes, there is going to be a bunch that you dig. We've had Jeff Comenti on the show. We've had Jay Lane on the show. We've had Donna Jean Godshaw on the show. O'Teal a couple, two, three times we've had him on Duncan Trussell, Billy Strings, Dave schools, John Medeski, Neil Casal. So if, um, you're new to the show. There's there's a back catalog for you to go back and listen to, and um, me thinks you will find something that will tickle your fancy. So, and there's so many episodes that somebody you know will dig. <laughs> One of them. Yep. So your family, your that's, friends. That's all the stuff. All the you know housekeeping things. And um, remember, like I said, after the conversation with David, the show is not over. The three of us are going to hang out and talk to you guys. So, should we do this? Yeah, we should do this. All right, ready. Without further ado, No Simple Road gives you David Gans.
progress. There we go. All right. David, good to see you again. I'm Aaron. Hi. Yes. I saw you in Ventura, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were hanging out back there at Skull and Roses. That was a great time. Well, welcome, David. Thanks for coming back. This is Mel. This is, I'm sorry, Mel. <laughs> yeah, it's just he forgot where you were. Oh, no. And then I'm and? Apple. Thank, thank you for joining us again, David. Apple? Yes, Apple. That's my last name. Everybody, it's easier than James. <laughs> easier than James? Well, everybody yeah, knows. an interesting it. life, man. Everybody <laughs> knows. It. Yeah. It, yes. Yes. <laughs> David, how's your day going, man? Uh, you know, it, it's. I've been my mantra lately has been modulo the outside world everything's just fine it's weird that the contrast between how fucked up everything else is and how good my life is is sometimes like makes my head want to crack okay seriously yes a thousand percent yes wow I, I I actually was thinking about that two hours ago words of truth just a couple of hours ago man like it's it's can't escape it no and and it's funny david because like i I don't know as somebody that loves live music and i like to think that we have cultivated a a sense or whatever it is i don't know what you call it just we we're tuned to feeling stuff. We feel the music, so we feel shit. Intuition. Okay, intuition. Yeah. You can call it that. And you can't help but feel the pressure of the world right now. But then there's this juxtaposition with, like, seems like everybody I know, like, things are just moving at a 1,000 miles an hour for them, and it, everything is good. Well, I, I know lots of people that are struggling at, on various levels and stuff, so I, I wouldn't go that far. but. It just, in you know, there, there and there's plenty to do and plenty that needs doing all around us. And we take our opportunities to do all of that. Uh, and I don't feel guilty. We're all entitled to have our own lives. And since we can't personally fix the ills of the world, I don't think we should allow our concern for all of that to impede our own pursuit of our own lives. You know, they've. Uh, Emma Goldman said, "If we can't dance, I don't want to be in your revolution or something to that effect." <laughs> yes. And, and I, I, I can't. I don't have it handy, but somewhere in my blog, I posted a thing from somebody that talked about. You know, we are, we're required to live our lives, and the fact that other people are suffering does not require us to suffer with them. It requires us to do what we can to help. But we, you know, we don't need to deny ourselves the joy of our own lives uh, because other people are suffering. We just wow. need to not make it worse for anybody else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I felt like that's all I needed to hear today. <laughs> Truly. Okay, we're done. Well, a short now. interview. Nice to see you. Yeah, yeah. thank you. To David. No, no. <laughs> well, what better info can you give than that right off the bat? It's so true. Everybody's going through such changes, even if we are doing well, like, there's lots of newness that we're having to deal with that has never happened before. So even the people that are doing, you know, well and have happy things to celebrate and all that, it's still so such a unique time. Tumultuous. And yeah. really the only thing, like you said, is just don't hurt others or don't do anything to, you know, crush on their groove. You're so right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, David, you, you've been around long enough to see cycles over Mm -hmm. and over again and you know something 
I, I'm 50. I turned 50 this year or last year. Sorry. And, uh, you know, I'm getting to the point where I've seen things come and go and come back again. And there's always been, uh, a certain air of weirdness to life and everything that's going on in the world. But this feels and seems different to me. Does it seem like that to you too? Yes. <laughs> because I feel like things are getting more messed up more deeply politically wedged and divided. And there's it, when I was a kid, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about now was being said. The CIA and fascism and corporate takeover and stuff. And I, when I was an idealistic young hippie, I thought we were going to conquer all of that. And guess what? We didn't. <laughs> and all that stuff just kept getting worse. And I was around when Ronald Reagan was governor of California. And I was around when Ronald Reagan got elected president of the United States. And all conscious people, all people with any compassion to them, recognize that we have been scammed by Republicans who really just would would do anything to maintain their power, and that the not-so-secret racism of the entire system was being deployed against all of us. Mm-hmm. And, and it, the, all the stuff that I thought was over the top complaining back in the day has turned out to be true, and then, and then it's gotten worse. And the the, the just the the pure evil of what we saw today. We're, we're having this conversation on June sixteenth, and this afternoon, we I watched some of this hearing in Washington that described the way this country was almost taken apart, and they showed films of these people thousands and thousands of bloodthirsty people going absolutely apeshit over lies and hallucinations and a gleeful media empire run by (laughs) rupert murdoch that has been feeding the flames of all this shit for 25 years Mm -hmm. and it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse because more and more people are unwilling to acknowledge reality let alone give a rat's ass about their neighbors. Right. And I think that's, that's the, that's the tipping point. At least for me is like, I, I, it seems like rooting for sports teams at this point, like we have to come to the understanding that we're all human beings and that we all basically want the same thing we love our families we love our friends we want to be happy and live a good life i mean that's really boiling it down to its most base but and this division that's going on and is very difficult to stomach and and you know one of the things that i've been asking myself through all of this and bringing it back to music is like the role of the musician at least like in the 60s was to sing about and to inform people it seemed to me that that you know there was a a huge movement for that then but where we are now music is popcorn Mm. it's 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 chewing gum well it's interesting that you bring that up though because i came up in the 60s and with pete seeger and joan baez and bob dylan and and the notion that we could change the world with music 
And once again, we kind of did on a certain level, but not on the macro level. Right. But uh, amusingly, the Grateful Dead were the avatars of the hedonistic side of things, the non-political side of things. There's a wonderful book. The late Carol Brightman published a book some years ago called uh, Sweet Chaos, The Grateful Dead's American Adventure. Okay. Carol was the, is, was the sister of, by the way, the Grateful Dead's lighting person, lighting designer, Candace Brightman. Okay. So Carol, but Carol was a left-wing political activist who went to Cuba with the Vence Ramos Brigade and you know, a lot of hardcore left-wing stuff. I don't think she was in the Weather Underground or anything, but she was a, a left-wing intellectual in the 60s. And the book that she wrote, because she was sisters with Candace, she was exposed to the Grateful Dead's culture and the Grateful Dead's magic. And the book that she published was an examination of why all of the earnest political uh, movements that she was part of sputtered and failed, and the hardcore hedonists of the Grateful Dead thrived. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's not a judgmental book; it's just an examination of these things and and a recognition of these parallel paths. The Grateful Dead constituted themselves on the notion of living a life of joy. You know, that they that they wanted to create this alternate space. And in, in the beginning in 66, 67, and, and there's that press conference from uh in at 710 Ashbury after they got busted, right? Where Jerry says, you know, what we're looking for is a peaceful planet or right. something like that. And and everybody would like to have embodied that. I just watched another documentary called Olam Pali, a hippie odyssey. And Olam Pali is a place where the Grateful Dead lived for a few minutes in the late 60s. And so there's a little bit of Grateful Dead content in it. But it's about a different group of people around, built around a, a, a wealthy hippie named uh, McCoy, Don McCoy. And it's about his family and the communal life that his extended family put together that occupied Olam Pali, which is why it's, you know, focused on that place. Okay. But it just follows a whole nother group of people who came up in that open moment of the late 60s and created a culture all their own. And there was theirs was about huge families, like communal living of many families at once and stuff like that. And and being high and being nude and things like that. So it was just, you know, it's like another social experiment that launched at the same time. It was just really fascinating. I was watching it, and I get all choked up when I watch these things because I just things like seeing a chair in a sunny kitchen in San Francisco reminded me of sitting in a sunny kitchen at my friend's yeah. Uncle Dave's place, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like the visual connections to that time that I was too young to really appreciate and participate in was very touching to me. And all these documents of that time show how earnest and, and creative everybody wanted to be. Right. And how we've all managed to forge lives. I, I, I sit before you as an incredibly lucky person who managed to, to forge a life entirely around music-related stuff and my own creativity with regard to music as a journalist, a photographer, a songwriter, Lately, a radio host, blah, blah, blah. But all these, I managed to live a music-oriented life inspired by those people. The Grateful Dead taught me to improvise, to follow my Mm -hmm. instincts, and to 
just live an honest and genuine life in music and otherwise. And I strive to do so all along. So I consider myself a direct descendant of the Grateful Dead as a musician and as a hippie. The, wow. I, I have never that, heard it put so eloquently, seriously. Thank like, you. I have, I too would consider myself that. I was, my first show changed me. It altered me fundamentally. And it, it changed the rest of my life. I mean, and that magic has continued. It, it didn't stop. When the show ended, it didn't stop. And that's been the fascinating, uh, wonderfully strange, fun part of this whole trip is that it didn't end with the show. It continued. It didn't end. <laughs> it, it never stopped. Never stopped. Some would yeah. say, yeah. But I wonder, like, as a member of this community and now God, I, an elder, that's scary. That, what do we do to support our family in time like this that we're in right now? Because th I was watching um, a clip on Instagram today from a fish show in like 2002 or something like that or whatever. And I thought to myself, man, if we only knew then how things were going to be now do you know it was like so carefree and we had no idea of what was coming but what I, would you have done differently if you had no i don't know man <laughs> the, the, i nothing, probably the nothing. exact same shit honestly <laughs> yeah I, yes. that's the thing we can we, you know that's just we can speculate about that sort of thing but i i think this the answer is to look back and, and feel that you've lived a righteous, decent life, you know, that I didn't fuck too many people over along the way and stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. if I evaluate who I was morally or whatever at any point in life, you know, was I doing okay? Was I cheating anybody? Was I, um, you know, squatting on anybody else's land? Was I, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I, I feel like I've just been pursuing my own, creativity all these years and and in fortunately in a position where i i didn't have to steal from anybody right. or do you know what i mean I've, yeah. I've i've been very lucky and i just think that each of us should look at his own life and go you know have have we been decent all along and and, and it's kind of like being an improvisational musician the point is not to have a well-rehearsed set up a line or or piece of work that you're going to do the point is to have to keep the vessel clean and be ready for anything and so like i i i i don't plan my performances ahead of time i i don't i i what am i trying to say here i i, I just want to be able to if any if at any moment in my life you stop me and said what are you doing and how are you doing i want to be able to say I'm doing good. I'm not fucking anybody over. And I think I'm living a righteous life here. And you could go back to any moment, you know, back in the timeline. And you want to be able to say that for yourself. Right. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, that, and, and I also feel like we shouldn't spend too much time regretting those lapses where we didn't quite live up to that along the way. This is yeah, wisdom. Yeah, this is a lot of what? wisdom that you're giving us in such a 
short amount of time. These are, <laughs> it seems very simple of coming out of your mouth, like effortless, but this is not, this is for like, this is like a 102. It's not 101, yeah, no you know? <laughs> Grateful Dead 102. Everybody get your well, like, like everything you were saying goes back to like what we all learned from the Grateful Dead, like the, the be kind. I, I hear, I hear people, I think we've all known people. Like when I hear people that say they have like enemies, they're like watching their back for people. It's like, man, what kind of life are you leading with? Like superheroes have enemies, <laughs> like, like normal people that are leading a righteous life and helping people and being kind and doing unto others. You, you, you get that back, which I think living in this world, you know, and being influenced by the grateful dead, we found out a long time ago, like Aaron said, he's 50, I'm 54, 53. We're old enough where we're forgetting how old we are. Uh, but it's, you know, you live, a, you live a life like that, kind of like the Grateful Dead taught us. And my God, you get it back so much. That's, that's, that's what I was going to say is that I've, what I have found at least in the years that we, cause we've been doing this five years in July and in the years that we've been doing this, I've been putting all of my, um, passion and creativity into this. And I have found that whatever that magic is started giving back when I started giving to it. There was a reciprocal exchange that started happening. And I I wish that I would have figured that out earlier, but whatever it is, what it is. And I think that that's one of the things that like, like Apple said, you know, the, fundamental underlying thing is just be kind and what to yourself and others yeah and what's always like really i've wondered is like we all had these experiences that were our own and singular and separate but very common and we found common ground in that through the grateful dead and we it made a family and a community out of it and i've asked this of other people but i'm curious what your answer is like why the Grateful Dead and why that music? Like, why wasn't it Zeppelin or like, you know, <laughs> Three Dog Night? In, it could have been anybody, but it was them and that thing. I, I would say that improvisation is the, the, uh, the word. The Grateful Dead uh, created a form of music that was different every time. And it combined a, a, a wonderful collection of original songs with a wonderful collection of interpreted songs from other, and a huge variety of sources into uh, which a, a very American stew of music. And they stitched it all together with improvisation. And they created, and because they played it differently every time, it encouraged us to engage it repeatedly. And we kept coming back. And, and then also along the way, certain hobbyists started recording the band because they wanted to share their experience. I interviewed Jim and Doug Odie some years ago, which you can listen to on my uh, SoundCloud, by the way. Okay. And uh, a, a transcript of which appears in my book, This Is All a Dream We Dream, an oral history of the Grateful Dead. The, the thing that those guys did 
was entirely motivated by their desire to capture and share the joyous experience of being Aww. in a Grateful Dead show. How sweet. And they, they one, one of them, Doug was a technician. He had electronic skills and stuff. So he was building tools. And they were recording shows and distributing the tapes to as many people as they could, specifically for the mission of sharing this joy with as many people as possible. And that, the thing that motivated them motivated all the rest of us too. We evangelize this to our friends. We brought our friends, and not all of them. Sometimes you'd meet somebody and go, I don't think he would get the Grateful Dead. Right. You wouldn't invite that person. <laughs> but you would meet likely candidates around in your travels, and you would bring people into it. And they made it interesting and made it unique every time. And that kept us coming back. And while we were coming back, we kept bumping into the same people and realized that we were in a community. And our small group of showgoers expanded into a tribe of related little groups of showgoers. And over time, our shared history and that thing we were talking about earlier where you meet somebody new and you realize you've, you've had a couple of dozen peak experiences together, except you were in different parts of the room. Right. And, and you find that you're in this gigantic three-dimensional cube of time and space sharing with thousands of other people and you can find points of commonality with anybody you meet. So it's basically this lifetime opportunity to connect with people that are hip to the thing you're hip to. And every time we meet somebody with that, you know, that that recognition happens. And sometimes it's Oh, he was wearing a Jerry Garcia tie at the corporate board meeting, and I knew he was one of us, right? I, I mean, saw that. that. Kind of shit <laughs> gotcha. So, so it, it's it, it it happened partially by design because they were doing something and they wanted to share it and make it big. They wanted to be successful musicians, but they were also part of this experiment in collective creativity that was the Merry Pranksters right. and the Acid Test culture. And they were part of the Haight-Ashbury culture, which was a giant experiment in collective creativity. Paul Kantner once told me that the only, he, this is, he was being glib, but one of the things he said was that the only advantage to being in the band at the Fillmore was that you were up on stage and you could have a better view of all the people around you. He said, though, everybody in the, in, it was the show at the Fillmore, he said. And when Yorma and Jack would get off into one of their extended things, he would get down off stage and go walk around and be with the people. So we, the, the culture that formed around the Grateful Dead was about shared experiences, constantly refreshed with new experiences, and an expanding culture that shares the experience and evangelizes it to one another and draws upon an expanding historic record. Remember, every year there were a couple dozen more Grateful Dead concerts to, for tapers to collect. Right. A couple dozen more Grateful Dead concerts for you to organize tickets for and to go travel to St. Louis with your friends to. You know what I mean? It, it was... The culture kept refreshing itself and continues to refresh itself 28 yes. years after the, Jerry's we, gone. It's we just, yeah, it's nuts. We just went <laughs> last weekend wow. to Eugene and saw, um, we live up in Portland, Oregon. We just went to go see Phil in, in Eugene. And the music is as potent 
vital, alive, and magical as the day I walked into my first show in 89. Like, period. And to see him up there with his son, yeah, passing the torch yeah. to another generation to ensure that the music truly never stops is mind-blowing. And fortunately for us, it's not strictly a hereditary thing. Right. Because the, the Grateful Dead's musical genome is already afoot all over the world, man. There's thousands, there's hundreds of Grateful Dead tribute bands all around the country playing this music every damn night of our lives. And so that's how the music is staying alive, because it's still being played by all those people, not just the living band members. Right. But all of these other musical descendants of, of those guys and their associates. And I love the fact that there's all these young musicians yes. that are deeply into it. And then there's people like, there's a band around here called Wake the Dead. It's all experienced veteran Celtic music players. And they, they start this, they've been at it for like more than 20 years. They have several albums. They're, they do sort of the Irish jigs and stuff interspersed with Grateful Dead songs. And they do these beautiful Celtic style interpretations of Grateful Dead songs. They put out four or five albums. You should look them up. We will. Wake oh, yeah. is the name of the band founded by Danny Carnahan, an excellent musician that I've known for years. And, and there's bands like that, that do this music in a different way. Joe Craven and the Sometimers. Joe Craven was in the Garcia Grisman right. quartet. Yeah. Got a long, long history with the Grisman band. Well, he lives out in Davis or uh, Dixon, California, near Sacramento. And he's an amazing musician. He plays festivals all around the country and he plays bluegrass and old time music and all that stuff. But with his band, they made a record about five, six years ago called Garcia Songbook. And it, it was a bunch of Jerry Garcia and Hunter tunes and various folk tunes and things that had come through Jerry to into Joe's ears. Like there's a really cool version of, of um, uh, uh, Shady Grove on there. Oh, yeah. And there's China Doll, and there's Help on the Way, Slipknot, and separately Franklin's Tower. And every one of these songs has been completely reinvented and presented in a new musical style. Wow. With tremendous power. It's my favorite record of anybody in the last several oh, wow, years, let alone okay. the, my favorite dead-related thing. And I, I had an opportunity. I've known Joe for years, and we've shared the stage in various festivals and stuff. But I, I we were uh, together at a music festival in Edmonton, Alberta, in, in March of this year. First time I'd been on an airplane in two years, for one thing. And we got to play together. It was a tribute to the Grateful Dead. It was called Dead Ends Live. And there were a bunch of local musicians. And they brought four of us up from here. Mark Hummel, a harmonica player. Gary Vogenson, a guitar player. Joe Craven and me. And Joe and I got to do a couple of duo sets. Unrehearsed. Just talked down a bunch of stuff and started playing. Mm -hmm. And it was magical. It was just mind-blowing how much I love him so much. And to get to play with somebody of his power and and level of, we, we shared that thing, that, that, that improv, improvisational thing. He brought in a quote from David Lindley from some gig they played together. He said, you know, rehearsal is for cowards, <laughs> which is another oh sort of glib thing. But the point of it is to say that it is possible for two guys to get up on stage unrehearsed 
have a brief conversation about a few things, and then just fucking blow for an hour and make wonderful things happen. When you play with a guy of Joe's caliber, and I know I'm good, and I, you know, I, I did not fear going up with him. I wasn't intimidated by him. I was just in awe of him. You understand the difference? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I felt I felt competent to be with him and at the same time totally blown, blown away that away. I get to play with him. Yeah, and, and so that lifts you it felt up great. too. That lifts you up. That Yeah. Yeah, it brings yeah. you with well, it. And maybe I, but, Joe but, felt the same. Yeah. I, well, we're we we had a good enough time that we're planning more gigs together and there I just spoke with him today. But my point is that every it's like whenever two people get together and play Grateful Dead music, it happens again. And uh, and there's 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 a band in Atlanta called Frankly Scarlet, and is that not a great name it's, for a Georgia-based dead band? Perfect. Yeah. Their guitarist is Cassidy Wall, and he's like 28 years old, and he's brilliant, really, really good at it. He speaks the language like a native because he fucking grew up with it. Right. But there's guys like him, and there's people all over the country in their 30s and 40s and even younger that are deeply into this music. Because it's like a language unto itself. Mm-hmm. You, if you speak this language, if you love those songs, I mean, you could treat them like the band or the Springsteen or the Eagles and just play them as songs, and they'd be great. But what they really are is these living, breathing vehicles for improvisation and that- so that we can... Every one of us can just get up there and start playing that song. And I play live every day in my studio, and I take these songs and turn them upside down, change the key on them, change the groove on them, improvise around them and stuff, because that's what they were born to do. That's what Dead & Company are doing. They're playing everything a little slower than some people want them to play, but they're playing with amazing depth and and... Uh, warmth with each other and generosity. Yeah. Every one of those guys is a first-rate musician. The love that they have for it is palpable in the listening to it. Yeah, and 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 so that's that's what this music is for—to be played live in real time by human beings with other human beings dancing to it or listening to it or whatever. And the electricity that goes around among the, all of them at any time that this is happening is is life that's what we're oh, yeah. here for why well, I, I love that way you're talking about these songs are are alive we all looked at each other because we oh and i know you've played with them and our friend, we talked to henry kaiser a few weeks ago and henry brought that up was talking about especially performing like dark star mm-hmm. yeah. uh, like how it has a life of its own and and i also love you've mentioned it a couple times now because we struggle with this doing a podcast the improvisational thing, you know, goes with the Grateful Dead music and is also a lesson that's taught to us in life. Like if you go into something preparing too much or with expectations, it sets yourself up for disappointment, things like that. And we, we've tried it with the podcast very few times. One reason we think we're successful and people like to come back on the show and really enjoy sitting down with us is because we don't rehearse. We don't script any questions. Like coming into this, we had no idea what we're going to talk to David about. We just, we, we know you, we've read your books, we know who you are, <laughs> Let's we've hang out. seen you play. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what more do you need to know than that, than knowing that we're all humans and to sit down and just have 
a unique improv conversation. <laughs> and talk, talk about something that we know all of us love and have something to say about, and that's what we do. Yeah. Now, I of course, I have the experience of being an interviewer, so I, you know, I, I, I certainly know not to. I know all the things I could have done to be cruel to you guys and, and uh, make you sorry you invited me <laughs> on. Right. But why would anybody want to do that? Yeah, right. I, you know, I've had Thank a few you. interviews go south on me, but my method is the same. You know who you're talking to, and then you have a conversation. I, a lot of times when I'm doing stuff on the on the national radio shows and stuff, the interviews have an agenda. There's a product to promote, right. you know. And we get around to that, but these things we're doing for nugs, you know, it's not, it's, it's really just people shooting the shit and it's really, really fun to do. And I agree with you guys that this is much better than reading questions off a notepad. Oh man. That's painful. Oh yeah. I was, I was walking down to our studio down here and, and uh, I was thinking to myself, how weird that people want to listen to music journalists or radio hosts talk to other radio hosts <laughs> we're we're interviewing each other or talking to each other and that's interesting and it is because of what we're talking about it's i think that and and i get this with with tales from the golden road is that you're a fly on the wall in a conversation with people that you relate to and well, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And like, it yeah. feels good, man. Like if I'm driving by myself and I put on tales from the golden road, I have you and whoever else you're speaking to in the car with me. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's, it's awesome. And it's just funny that we live in a world where there's so much content and so much yeah. for people to consume with their eyes and their ears and yet here we are doing our thing (laughs) people crave more honesty in conversation we've got sick of the old sitcoms on network television and sitting in front of the box i it's very interesting where it's gone to what people like now well there's also all this meta media stuff going on i i've been a big fan of better call saul right and i i didn't realize until toward the end of this season that there's this whole show that goes on after the show where the producers do talk like there's podcasts oh, about the making of the show the and they did an on air thing after every episode where they'd have one of the actor or the writer or the producer in there and they would talk about the show <clears throat> and it's the same thing as the podcast like another one is the better things podcast a, a really really wonderful show that just ended with uh, Pamela Adlon as a sort of a <clears throat> verite sitcom kind of thing. It was on uh, TNT, I think, or TBS. Okay. Anyway, there would, there were these podcasts where the producer, she would talk with her, her actors and her writers about the making of each show. And it was like, you'd think, well, I'll just watch the show and I don't care about the behind the scenes crap. And then you start listening to them talk about it and you go, wow, this is really interesting. They really love what they're doing. And you say, you learn more about it and it doesn't, it's not like peeking behind the curtain and you realize that it's just some schmuck with levers, not the great (laughs) wizard of Oz. Right. Right. You know, the artwork, it's like the Beatles. You, you, you watch the get back thing and you see all this behind studio stuff and all this deep shit going on among all of them. 
And it doesn't demystify any of it. You still put the record on and it still blows your mind when you hear the record. Yeah. So we can keep talking about the Grateful Dead thing and it's still not going to interfere with our direct experience of doing the music tomorrow night when they play at Folsom. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And and here's the thing that we discovered, at least uh, maybe a year in, maybe a little more, is that we were talking to the musicians that were making the music that we love so much. And we would have a conversation like we're having with you and then go watch them play. And the experience that we were having at the shows was amplified a thousand percent because now we're rooting for our friend up there on stage. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, holy shit. And so my thought was like, how can we share that thing? with the people that listen to the show. Like how can we all deepen the experience by getting to know the people that we love so much. And that's been like kind of our. And and we, and we learned very quickly too. Well, Aaron learned very quickly. We call him the conductor because he is the conductor of the show. Kind of, it was like, who do we want to have on? And we're like, we're of that mindset. We'd interviewed our friends, some local bands and stuff. And it was like, well, nobody big is ever going to want to be on. Aaron reached out to O'Teal by DM on Instagram. It was like it was like um he probably doesn't even do his own Instagram. I'm just going to hit him back right away and was like, yeah, let's do it. So That's from great. there, we learn it, it, it never hurt. It never hurts to ask. The worst that can happen is they say no. And, and and speaking of O'Teal, he and Mike Fenoya have an amazing podcast. Yeah, yeah we saw that Comes you were on that. Time. Yeah, they're on the same and network I, we're on. And I was on, I was a guest on their show, and it was exactly the same thing that we're talking about. We just got on and we started talking, and and it was like, oh, I guess we're in the middle of our interview now, and we just kept <laughs> kept going with no agenda, and it just ended when it ended and stuff. It's such a, a nice forgiving medium you know we we don't have to squeeze it in between commercials and you don't have to cut it off at a certain time and there's no producer hovering over you telling you to do station ids and shit we just have this conversation yeah so was the what was the thought behind i've always wondered this about tales was what was the thought behind starting that show well, I was hired when, when Grateful Dead made an agreement with Sirius Satellite Radio in 2007 to do the channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, they hired me to consult on the creation of the channel. And I, it was a no-brainer, you know. So, oh, well, you're going to do live concerts three times a day. That's my first thing, obviously. That live concerts are going to be the, the framework of this thing. Then you're going to do all the album tracks, blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to want a This Day in, in Grateful Dead history feature. And, you know, it was a fairly straightforward thing. I wanted to do more produced things like some Roots and Branches. I wanted to do a pairing thing of the the original version of a song that Grateful Dead in, in, interpreted, paired up with one of their versions, and then do the thing of pairing up a Grateful Dead song with somebody's cover of a Grateful Dead song. Oh, okay. wow. That I was, love that. That was... That idea didn't last for a variety of reasons, and it turned out some of the deadheads that were the loudest uh, respondents on the feedback line were people that didn't weren't interested in anybody else's versions of the songs. So that mm-hmm. kind of got blown out of the water early, much to my disappointment. 
But in um, December of 2007, shortly after we went uh, went live, the uh, management said, let's do some kind of roundtable talk show kind of thing. Let's get an expert uh, on some Grateful Dead related subject and, and spend some time with them, maybe open the phones and see what happens. And I said, well, if you're going to do that, we need to get Gary Lambert on board. I'd, I'd known Gary since 1986. He was Phil Lesh's co-host and co-producer on a, a music show they did for KPFA called Rex Radio, later called Eyes of Chaos, Veil of Order. And we had co-hosted lots of broadcasts on KPFA of Grateful Dead from the Greek and stuff like that. And I just knew that Gary would be the perfect co-host for a talk show. Mm-hmm. We did our first one in January of 2008, and we had Eric Christensen, who's an old friend of mine and Gary's, who had just released a documentary about the Trips Festival, one of the seminal events in in hippie history, the Trips Festival in January of 66 at the Longshoremen's Hall. And Eric grew up in the area, was a, a worked for KGO News for years and years, and was a, a documentary filmmaker and a native. And he made this wonderful movie about the Trips Festival. So we did a show with Eric, and it was a two-hour show. And we opened the phones and took questions and stuff. And it went great. And everybody said, oh, my God, this is great. Let's do this again. And I don't remember the exact progression, how long it took. But in very short order, they decided to make it weekly. (laughs) And they decided to make it less focused on produced content. Like the round table thing was immediately jettisoned in favor of a a call-in show. Okay. Because it just took off. There's, there's, there have been, in, in the entire history of doing the show, which is 14 years and counting wow. now, there have been maybe a minute and a half ever in which there wasn't a phone call on hold. <laughs> wow. We have never run dry. Wow. It is a, it's just a wonderful, warm experience doing the thing that we're talking about, enacting community with total strangers on the phone and hearing some, uh, an amazingly Good quotient of high quality calls. We get very few idiots. We get a vanishingly small number of people that are too stoned or drunk to talk. And we very rarely even have people that don't know when to stop talking. The the quality of the calls is just amazingly good. Mm -hmm. And the vibe is ridiculously good. Gary is just an amazing source of knowledge of everything. I mean, I'll tell you a funny story about him. I was sitting on a beach in Hawaii watching the sun come up a couple of weeks ago with my wife and some friends. And somebody said, what's the, what show? What was that Broadway show that had the song, I got the sun in the morning and the moon at night? I said, I know who knows. And I texted Lambert. And it like immediately got back to me and said, Annie, get your gun, Ethel Merman. (laughs) I mean, just. That's the kind of guy Lambert is. He knows so much about wow. so many different cultures. He's jazz and Broadway and film and stuff. So he's like a perfect guy to do a, a call-in show with because questions come in, people want to banter about stuff. It's it's just the greatest. And I very often 
My mission is to just sit back and listen to it going by because he's got it under control. He's got it. Great. That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering. Are you taking? Are you writing down like? Are you keeping the minutes of the meeting over there? Um, yeah. I, I mean, kind of. I I have this journal here that I write in quotes or things that are very interesting. I like to read it later and chew on these ideas and. I mean, I've I'm running out of room with this conversation. <laughs> well, okay, actually, but this is interesting. Are you you're you're like the taper who's taping this show? Yeah. yeah. Are you are you catching the whole show? or Are you missing some I'm of not, it? Because you're well, busy you, recording it. No, because you see that I'm involved in the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm I'm definitely <laughs> involved in the conversation, and I'm I like I'm like should I interrupt? No, because you're covering okay. it. Like you have it handled, and like. <laughs> Me asking is adding nothing. Your flow is what's important to be recorded right now, not okay. my question. So it's not because I'm not interested. I just, I kind of feel like a little teary because oh. you've said a few things that have made so many things make sense of questions I didn't know that I had about the dead. And well, I'm you, very happy it, to hear that. such an ease that you're saying these things, like it's a second nature for you, but. It's like I was saying earlier, it's very profound when you can talk about something so complex, so um, elementary ish, but also beautifully because you're a journalist and you've an interviewer, you've done this and you're a musician and an improvisational musician. And so you have a beauty and an ease of how you're getting these things across. And I'm just in awe of it, to be honest, like. Well, thank you. I'm very I wasn't grateful. fishing for compliments. I no. Was to draw well, you asked me if I was paying easier. attention. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, just, I, I was bringing it up because I, I tried to tape concerts a few times, and I stopped doing it because it involved missing too much of the show. Yeah. So I was basically just drawing an analogy to you <laughs> as being similar to a taper sitting yeah. over there. But I'm glad. And, and my favorite answer to that question about missing the music Dr. Bob Wagner, one of the great tapers, like from the 80s, 70s and 80s vintage, he said to me, I said, how do you, I said, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I, I, it involved missing too much of the show. He said, I said, how do you manage to like dig the show and hold stock still while you're making the tape? And he said, I managed to dance while I'm recording. Right on. And I just thought, <laughs> so cool, man. He, he, he takes care of the job of holding his microphone steady and manages to shake his booty at the other yeah. end. That's, that's kind of great. I, I just love that. I've tried doing it. I can't do it. I agree a hundred percent. Like even at Skull and Roses, I was, I had my recorder and I was like over in the taper section and just even five minutes over there. I'm like, I, I, uh, 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 never mind. I give up. I'm going to go. A lot of well, dedication. They, and yeah. then we also, we borrowed a friend's camera. We've since upgraded, got our own cameras, but gave me the camera to go catch some video oh, and every moment of the videos is unusable because I could, <laughs> I thought I was standing still when we got home and started <laughs> to look at all the footage. He's like, dude, what were you doing? Can't and I was like, this. Uh, he's like, great pictures. Just stick to photography. <laughs> all of the videos you're bouncing around. Everything's moving. You're not focused. I was like, I was trying to enjoy myself too. Yeah. No, <laughs> The, that's something I, uh, that's new for us in the last five years is the um, making the leap between being just another person going to the show 
and actually working at them. Yeah. Do you, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And, and there's a, there is a, a responsibility well, that, or respect that, that goes along that, with that, it. Yes, that of course, but like it changes the experience and, and uh, it, there's a point that you have to like figure it out how to do it again. Almost. Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you know what I'm talking about? Very much so because you get, you got stuff to do. You have responsibilities and, and you can't just be a consumer of it out there on a blanket in the, <laughs> in the bowl. Yeah. You've got to be, you know, you're, you've got, you've got to be meeting somebody in 45 minutes right. and you got to make sure you're, you got, you know, did you remember to change the batteries and the camera? There's so <laughs> much you got to think about. Um, I, over the years, you know, I, I started doing Grateful Dead journalism in the mid seventies at BAM magazine. And my relationship to the organization was based on that. And I, I, I couldn't just be a regular fan because I had this other stuff going on, mm. but there came a time many, many years into it, the more status I had, the more work I had, more business I had with the organization, the weirder it got. <laughs> because a lot of people in the organization were very territorial and protective of their turf and their power and stuff. And it made things really weird in, at various times in various sectors of that world. And I reached a point of going, I'm going to be a lot happier if I just go sit in the crowd with my friends. If I don't, if, if I have to compartmentalize this much, mm. You know, if I I don't want to be backstage, there's nothing fun happening back there, especially when the band's on stage. And I don't want to be dealing with, I mean, I stopped tripping at shows pretty early on because of the fact that it was also my job site and I couldn't afford to just let go and relax and, you know, and it wasn't that I was risking anything, but it just wasn't. It makes it harder. Yeah. We, just, we had, so the, I, I had, we had this conversation today. Yeah. Actually, we about did. tripping yeah. at shows. <laughs> we did. We got, we got invited <laughs> by Live Nation to go podcast live at the Peach Festival. And I, I, Mel and I were making lunch in the kitchen today. I was like, I'm not partying at the Peach. I'm, we're go, I'm going to work. Like, I do not, and not that I couldn't. Absolutely could do whatever you want, do whatever the hell I want, but I want to be on point. I want to show up. I want to like, I don't want to be struggling on stage and 30,000 people there. Like, no, thanks. (laughs) That's not, you know, it's a very different, um, very different world and it's new territory for us. And, uh, it's very cool for me to get to talk to you. And yeah. to hear you say that. Yeah. Thanks for helping us navigate it a little bit. Yeah. Just with, just with your <laughs> sure. talk, you yeah. know? For real. Well, we, we learned a little lesson, like, okay, share, share the skull and roses story. <laughs> that was kind of a lesson. We we're oh, trying yeah, to learn ahead. what to do. Like, like we're trying to set like, okay, we're going to be somewhere for four days. Let's pick a night where it's light in our schedule, where we can have a night to trip or whatever we want to do and be more of a fan and out in the bowl. We picked Saturday night, and as you know, Saturday night, the music, it got interrupted. You know, Big Steve got up there, then they had technical problems all evening, so we're ready to go. It was our night for partying. (laughs) We're off duty, and it was just, it never got going, and then O'Teal came on, was great for a moment, and then they had to shut down, 
but it it that led to meeting we met a handful of very dear people because you're out there everybody's ready to go waiting for the music to pick them all the way up and the music never got a chance to do that so we got to engage with a lot of people that were all anxious and ready to dance and we made some really great family and friends out of that moment but that was our night of like we were ready to boogie no you're not (laughs) yeah yeah plan all you want but you know stuff will happen yeah it's it's a great this whole thing has been such a trip and and it is getting weirder and weirder like it's so true what you're saying the the emails the things that happen on my phone now are things that like five years ago I would have been like oh my god you know what I mean (laughs) this person texted me oh I've run down with my hair on fire but now it's 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 weird to have the thing that you love and have I've loved for 30 plus years and now it's it we've turned it into our our work and it's it's fascinating it, and it's the coolest thing ever. And, and like I said at the beginning, I wish 18-year-old me would have known. But like you said, would I have done anything different? Probably not. Probably <laughs> I'd been a knucklehead anyway. And you, you just have to never let the business stuff get in the way of your enjoyment of the music. And you may not get to hear all of the set because you got stuff to do. You may not be able to see all the acts. I saw maybe a third of stuff that happened at uh, uh, Ventura, you know, because I had other stuff to do. I was with my wife, you know, and and so you can't do it all is another very important mantra in your in your life doing these things. You can't see it all, and it's okay to miss a few things. And and it, and really, I I think it's fucking miraculous that I've managed to deliver an hour of curated Grateful Dead music onto a radio network every week for thirty some years. I mean, I I I wasn't expecting to have any kind of that kind of stability in my life. First, I'm I'm coming up on thirty years with the same woman too, so wow. it, it, my life did kind of stabilize. And, Congratulations! Yeah, we our twenty eighth wedding anniversary in September, and we will have been together thirty years starting in November. In November. Yeah, that's so congratulations. Cool. I'm I, 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 I that's part of being and like obscenely happy is that I just got incredibly lucky in that department as well. My my point is that you want to have, um, I forgot my point. Yeah, it's fine. It, I think that the, the point, I like how you petered out with your thought with 30 years married and that was what made you happy. That, yeah. That's yeah, that all there is to it. it. There's yeah, nothing else. You were ta- we're talking about missing. Th- it's okay to miss things yeah. and that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. and it's, it's part of it. And, and you know what, like, like Apple said, this, what you do, what we do, what this is a privilege to be yeah. able to do this. And yeah, I am so, so grateful that we have the opportunity that anybody gives two shits what we have to say. I am so grateful. Yeah. And that, that fact is not lost to me. So I treat this thing with a lot of care and attention because it's taking care of my family. You know what I mean? This is, this is connecting the people that I love to the thing that we love. Well, and in a roundabout way, it's, you know, like if we can do what we can for the world, we're the dead family is part of the world and we have a wide net 
And the if we feed each other and the people that are around us, their net is going to cast very big ripple out there. And so it is a privilege and it's also a wonderful thing that we get to do to feed the world out there at large, at least in this form of this community. And of course, it comes with the responsibility to do it well. Yes. To do it accurately and to serve the music first and foremost and serve the community. And I know you guys know that, but it's, it, it's, I felt that responsibility all along that my, it's like, I know that it's the Grateful Dead hour, not the David Gans hour. And people don't tune in to hear me talk. They tune in to hear the music. And that's always been like a very important watchword in my production. It's not about my opinion. My opinion informs the curation of the music. But I don't go on at great length about it on the radio because the music speaks for itself. So my responsibility is to present the music, to put the Grateful Dead's best foot forward every week in one one form or another, pr- primarily musically, but in other related stuff, and to represent them fairly and lovingly and to serve the audience what they deserve from it. So I, I, And I've, I've thrived in that role because I've taken it seriously and because I brought a musician sensibility to my job and they trust me to know the music. That's why they let me do the job. Mm-hmm. But I recognize that it's a responsibility. It's one that I've fulfilled lovingly and had as there's never there's never I've never had a crisis of, you know, faith with regard to the Grateful Dead. The music has always been satisfying and has always been challenging. Wow. And it's always been great fun to do the job. That's Mm. I mean, what more could you possibly (laughs) ask? What seriously like that? You could talk to people about their their job working for XYZ company. You could talk to somebody about their marriage. You could talk to them about what religion they are. And they wouldn't have that same thing to say 99% of the time. I have had the great good fortune of not, not having had a job since 1978. I'm working on it. Really? Congratulations on that I, too. I've wow. been self-employed the whole time and I got in a way with Moida for years. <laughs> Wow. Well, I just got to say, too, that I know you're not looking for flattery or anything, but I got to throw some flattery your way because it is such an honor for us to five years into this to be at this point. One of the first people we met that's kind of an elder, it was Dennis McNally. Um, And he immediately took a shine to us and has been in our corner, sends us people all the time that uh, just. It's all when we get something in the mail or a, or a text or something from Dennis, we know it's going to be cool. Like he set up the thing with Henry Kaiser recently. That was mind blowing. Um, when we were at Skull and Roses in 2019 and this year, speaks very highly of you. I mean, we know we know you're. I mean, you've done so many things. Your catalog of work, music, your books, everything. It's just it's an honor to be at the table with people that we look up to. And everything and to be and to have such an enjoyable camaraderie and everything. Yeah. It's just it, it's an honor. And we appreciate what the main thing I wanted to thank you for, because those girls gave you so much praise when we were at School and Roses. We sat down with three of the girls from Brown Eyed Women. Yes. And then we got to see you play with them also. But that that was some that that's kind of an unheard of 
uh, all women cover band that kick ass yeah, and do the, that live music in their fashion. They they were yeah. amazing and so full yeah. of like piss and vinegar and ready to go. And I mean, they were they, they were amazing. They Did, were. Didn't you put that band together? I I it, the genesis of that band was on Tales from the Golden Road. Yes, there was a conversation about the idea of an all-female Grateful Dead band. And I know several of the musicians in that band, and I don't remember exactly how it went down, but I introduced Denise Perrant, the drummer and mm-hmm. singer, and and Joni Batari, the guitarist. Oh, yeah. Denise lives in Woodstock. Joni lives in Florida. And I also knew Jill uh, Simmons, who became the lead singer of that band. But I introduced... Joni and Denise to each other, and they took it from there. They the spark, just they they hit it off and made this connection, and they populated the rest of that band. That's a hell of a spark, man! I I just I was so thrilled that they turned out to be so good. I mean, I knew they would because I knew Denise. I played with Denise. I knew Joni, and I knew that they would be good. And I was amazed that they found so many other excellent Mm -hmm. musicians. From all over the place, you know, um, the rhythm guitarist is from Georgia. The keyboardist is from Boston. The singers from Pittsburgh. So you know, good. they're they're it's it's not so how far apart they live, that and blew us away. but they've managed to put some tours together, and it's just I'm thrilled mm. at how good they are, and I was just blown away to get to get up on stage with them oh. and play with them because they're all so good. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know. It, this, the whole Skull and Roses thing this year was such a blast. And that festival, at least to me, like, is the most reminiscent of when I came into the Grateful Dead world. Like, it reminds me of a 1980, late 80s, early 90s lot scene. The feeling of the Ventura County Raceway. There's just, there's definite mojo in that place. Yeah. And, and. I don't know. As far as like the Grateful Dead music goes, that I don't think that can be beat. That that festival. It was. I was. I feel the same way. It was so much fun to be part of it, and I've been to all four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know the the running joke about these things. I have played other dead oriented festivals where some poor hapless bastard tried to coordinate the set lists. Oh, and no. my first thought was, "Fuck you! I ain't telling you what I'm not." First of all, I'm not going to plan my set list ahead of time. And secondly, don't tell me what to play. Right. But he tried to coordinate all this. They didn't do that at Skull and Roses. And somehow, guess what? It, it didn't it everybody worked. play. Not everybody played Shakedown Street. They diversified. It was a beautiful mix. I made sure to do Days Between because I figured a lot of people wouldn't be doing that song. And then uh, Extra Ticket, my friends from Phoenix. So good. They planned a set full of like a lot of the weirder shit, like Victim or the Crime and and, uh, uh, Way to Go Home and stuff, so that they didn't get redundant with the other bands and stuff. But it it sorts itself out with a a catalog as immense as the Grateful Dead's. I think it just magically sorted itself into a non-repetitive, non-redundant experience. And a lot of that has to do with Chris uh, Mitrovich being just an incredible mellow dude, yeah. at least in my experience of him, and having a really good idea, and then bringing in very cool people to implement yeah, it. And Dennis did. McNally was a big part of it as well. You know, Dennis really 
organized the whole run up to it. He, they did that online newsletter. The wall of you news. See that? Yeah. yeah. The wall of news. Those guys talked me into doing a fucking column for them. I, I <laughs> submitted a 500 word column every week for like, I don't know, 20 weeks or something for free. <laughs> Just because it was so much fun to be part of it. Nate LaPointe did a thing on how to play Grateful Dead music. I mean, they had a bunch of amazing guest columnists through the whole thing. That's so cool. Dennis wrangled all of that. It was amazing work. And. He got people like me to, to to do work for free just for the spirit of it. Pro bono. Yeah. Speaks to the spirit of the family, man. It's the, it one of the coolest yeah, things. Yeah, that's the scene, and that's also Dennis. Just thrilled to be part of it. Well, David, I appreciate you giving us time, man. And and like Apple said, it's an honor for us to talk to you, brother. And and I hope that we get to hang out again someplace sometime soon, man. Well, the, the funny thing is, you know, every one of us has different aspects of ourselves, and they're the the part of me that wanted to come here was the the self-promoting musician who wants to make sure people know that I play a live set every day. So for me, it was fun to come on and, and not have to even get around to promoting my shit for a fully an hour of conversation. <laughs> I love but it. But I do want to work in this part at the end of here. Of course. And play a live yeah, set every it. day for the foreseeable future with certain exceptions. I, I take a day off from time to time for various reasons. But I play on four different platforms. I play on Facebook, D Gans Music. I play live on Twitter somehow. And my handle there is David Gans. I play on um, YouTube. I have my own channel, D Gans channel on YouTube. And I play on an amazing online performance venue called Streamstock.tv. Okay. It's I call it a virtual house concert venue. All of you guys should check it out. You could actually do events on there where you interact with people because it's it's you attend the show in groups of up to six and, and there's like you're in a room with six video screens yourself. It's like a Zoom, right? But it's in, in uh subgroups like this and you hang out before the show, you hang out with your group and interact with each other. And then the show starts and you watch the show together with your group. And the performers can also interact with people before and after the show. That's one of the very cool things about it. And I've, I've been their sort of guinea pig musician for more than two years now. A woman named Rose Inadi thought it up. And so I've been kind of her beta tester. And she, because I play every day, they're using my show to refine their system and develop their software and stuff. And it's a really, really fun thing. So every four o'clock California time, basically every day and for the foreseeable future. That's crazy. I play day. a live show from my home studio and I played more than 500 different songs over the course of these two years and change because it's just a, a every, it's like revisiting my entire musical career over this time. And I'm just having a great time doing it. I have a couple of dozen people that literally watch every day. And lots and lots of people that just stop by once in a while. So it's been ridiculously gratifying. I've made a few bucks in the tip jar doing it. It's been amazing. My singing has never been stronger. My guitar playing has never been stronger. It's really, really fun. And I'm actually playing more music now than I was playing before the pandemic because I'm literally playing every day. And one last thing before I let you go. I finally got off my ass and created an online store as well. And I'm selling books and music online at a site called perfectible.net. P-E-R-F-E-C-T-I-B-L-E.net. And I sell autographed books. My co-author, Blair Jackson, lives right down the street. So if you order a copy of This Is All a Dream We Dreamed, 
from me. It'll be signed by both of us. Aww. That's the end of my plug. I've got books and music and mugs for sale at perfectible.net. I was looking at all those. Also, I got to say, it shows how happy you are. I was watching earlier. When oh, yeah, I got home, I was showing Mel, too. She's like, what do you listen to? I was like, David, David is performing all on the Watchtower. Who doesn't love that? One of my favorite songs ever. And watching yeah. you play that yeah, in like your that, style, mm-hmm. the way you were doing it, the look on your face showed Mel. We were, we were just like, oh, my God, he looks so freaking happy doing that in your studio. I got to go listen to the rest of it, but I was watching I, I, it on Twitter. I'm so happy to hear you say that, Apple, because it's just a joy to do it. And I get requests every day from some of those regulars. So I often have a song that I wouldn't ordinarily play. I mean, I play I play Watchtower from time to time, but I always try to do it differently. Yeah. And that's the glory of being a solo performer is I can change it around and do anything I want. I can play it in a different key, a different groove or whatever. Right. So I am indeed having the time of my life. But there's one last piece of credit I have to give for that. And that is Terry Haggerty's Weed. Mm. There's a musician named Terry Haggerty. Look him up. He was in the Sons of Champlin. Goes back to the Haight-Ashbury days. Amazing guy. And he's also been cultivating marijuana for 50 plus years. And he's developed some of the best and most musical strains of weed (laughs) you have ever experienced. Okay. And that and I it's I smoke some of his pot before I play every day. Uh-huh. That is why I play so well and why I have such a big smile on my face. It's amazingly musical weed. He's just hitting the retail market. It's available in a few counties in Northern California. I don't think you can get it in Oregon yet because this yeah. shit has to go state by state, right? right? Oh, yeah. But for your viewers in Northern California, yeah. it's in like Barbary Coast and a couple of other dispensaries in Sonoma County. Marin County and San Francisco County, and the brand is Hagalicious. Hagalicious. And I just have to tell you guys, it is the most musical weed. Wow. And he has a he has one particular strain called Booty Call that <laughs> se- right. several women of my acquaintance consider to be an aphrodisiac. Okay. So I'm giving you a, a a plug for Terry Haggerty's weed, the best fucking pot I've ever smoked in my life. If you're anywhere near a dispensary that carries it, I recommend you give oh. it a try. Well, like you said, it's in California. I, I'm the inventory manager for two dispensaries up here in Portland. And when you say, when I hear somebody talk that highly about weed that is a, an experienced smoker as myself, I'm going to seek some out and find some way to get some personally and hope it makes its way across the border into Oregon eventually. I, I, I would bring it up to you myself if I could, but I highly recommend that you give it a try. If you love weed, you will love oh, yes. Terry Haggerty's yeah. weed. Right it is on. my medication. And David, right. just so you know, uh, when when the episode goes out, I'll let you know, but I'll put all of your links in the show oh, notes so would. that people can just click on all that and get thank to, you. to right. wherever you are. Well, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed this, you guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. I... Um, I thank you for your time, and I'm looking forward to seeing this out there in the world. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, ahead of time, so I can I can uh, you know post on my socials that it's coming. Cool, I will. And, and one last thing, Aaron usually says yeah. it, but I'll step in and say it. If you have anything in the in the near future, distant future, anything coming up, you want to reach out to us just to have us promote it on our social media and stuff like that. Always. You know, we're, we're, we're family. We're in the same community. Don't hesitate to reach much. out, David. And I thank you for that as well. And just let people know I play every day. All God. right. Yes. All right, David. We'll right. talk to you David, soon. Enjoy your thank evening, you brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. Be well, you guys. You too, man.
Hey. I don't wow. even know what to say. Like, I, no, I don't, I don't want to sully this with silliness. You've already said too much. Yeah, that that was that spoke for itself. It right. was. We're gonna we're gonna do a commercial. We'll be back in a in a minute. So you made it to the end of the interview. Congratulations! And, and you're waiting to hang out with us. But first, this. You should uh, probably smoke something or rub <laughs> something on or dab something. Rub or, something or, on. Yeah. Wow, rub one And what I'm talking it. about is, you know, if you're up in our area or whatever area you're in, go to your place. But our place up here is Define Premium Cannabis, and that's one of our fine sponsors. And we have a uh, location in Hillsborough. And one in Forest Grove. I work at the Hillsboro shop. I'm there five days a week, Monday through Friday. And you need to come visit us. When you come in, make sure to say you're a listener of No Simple Road. We will give you a 10% discount. And we'll give you a free t-shirt that you can wear back the second time you come. And you'll get a 15% discount. And we will treat you like royalty. We'll get you suited with whatever you need to get your head, your body straight. You know, if you're if you're one of those folks that like, when we first moved up to Portland, I would wa- I was all excited because cannabis was legal up here. And then we walked into a dispensary and it was like shock when I walked in. It, I was, I panicked like the first <laughs> 10 times we went into a dispensary. Overwhelmed. Like, oh my God. And one of the things about Define that's really awesome. If you listen to No Simple Road, if you go to the Hillsborough location Monday through Friday, like Apple said, and, and he's there. One of us, like actually one of the members of this podcast is there to help you through that really weird anxiety ridden process. And if you're not one of those people that gets anxious when you go into a dispensary, you get to go hang out with Apple for a little while yeah. at the dispensary and he's going to hook you up with, I guarantee it'll be the best, whatever it is you've ever had. So define premium cannabis. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. So the first thing that comes to mind with David, like, first of all, thank you, David, for hanging out with us again. That was amazing. And, you know, just listening back to like a couple of minutes of it at, at before we started recording, this was right from the get go. You get a sense of what an intelligent human being you're dealing with. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> That is a very, very smart guy. And witty and fun and funny. He's an encyclopedia for all things dead. And what an incredible memory slash like musicianship. Like he encompassed the entire culture in himself. You know what I mean? Like learn the music, went to the shows, writing about it, talking about it, pictures made, about it. Made a like, made a career like, out yeah, of like everything. being a deadhead. It's incredible. Hmm. incredible well and you heard it there too he's lived an incredible life and is very grateful and and gives good like wisdom yeah well passing it on about many subjects you know in every um culture like tribe there's always elders of the tribe and simply living long enough to be older 
is not qualification for being an elder. You can be older and be a fucktard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But we, I feel like folks like David are true elders of the Grateful Dead community. And it's a, it's really cool for, for me, like he's a little bit older than you and I. And so that was the generation that was taking us under their wing when we were coming up. Yes. And it's dope to see those people now the elders of the community and successful and have had life-spanning careers in the scene and able to make a go of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And still as involved, if not more involved at this point, like Dennis McNally and David Gans, these guys, you and know, big that, Steve. it's yeah, it's, it's their life and yeah. they love sharing it. Well, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately about like, about no simple road and how it started and where it is now. Like we've come a long way from the porch. It's been, what, how long has it been, Nomo? At least 300 feet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. Yay, Mel. Wow. Um, how long has it been? Seriously, July of 20, or August of 2017? Yeah. August yeah. of 2017, and we are currently in Jul- August of 2022. So five years we've been doing this show. Actually, and- July. Well, recorded. no, we didn't put it out until August. He recorded it on July. July 4th. But, um, you know. It, I thought so, too. I thought it was mid-July. Yeah, like July 22nd. Yeah. It sticks um, in my mind. Anyway, it, yeah, it's over five years. It's been a hell of a journey. And, and when No Simple Road first started, like I, lately I've gone back and listened to some of the early episodes. And the show was extremely Grateful Dead-centric. We hadn't... um broken out into the wider jam community too much a little bit but not too much and over the course of the five years of doing no simple road we've really like did a 180 well not even that we've like widened our scope yes oh it's so much so much and but the roots of the show remain the grateful dead i would not there's on the dresser that sits behind my chair there's like power items that I placed up there. My Grateful Dead tarot is up there. There's a couple skulls. There's a picture of the three of us, the little plaque that says family. And there's a picture of Jerry up there. And that's not like I didn't haphazardly put that up there. That's up there because without him, there is no this. There's no a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And especially this. <laughs> And no David Gans exactly. and no, well, in the, in the form that we're all in. Right. There would still be us, but there would be, be no boring. There wouldn't be a no simple road. That's for damn sure. And like, it's important to, to know your roots and to understand where you come from and to have, uh, to be able to look back and see the roadmap. Yeah. Of how things have come together and, and where you've come from and where you are now. And like for David, I can only imagine what that looks like to him looking back from whatever his first Grateful Dead show experience was, right? To 
meeting the band to writing books to hosting radio shows to being on the Grateful Dead Sirius XM channel. Like, think about this, man. Like, back in 89, 90, 91, we were trading tapes. There was a Grateful Dead hour on the radio once, I think it was once a month maybe, or maybe even maybe it had been once a week, but that was it. Like, the thought, that there would be Grateful Dead music on the radio all the time. A channel dedicated to it all the time. I couldn't even, like, that wouldn't even be a thought in my head. And I wanted to be able to go to, like, YouTube and stuff and find all these performances that people have posted from all the way back in the late 60s to to now. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I, I don't know, like I said, I've been thinking a lot about the show and and where it started and where we are now and like i'd like to hear what you guys think about it like where what you think about the progression of the show and and where it stands right now in relation to the grateful dead and and all of that mm. you want to go i'll go, go. Yeah. okay well i'll say well, like you're talking about listening back to earlier episodes and stuff and like going back. I forgot when it went like months ago. Uh, and then the, when our like friend Danny came over, going back and listening to the beginning again, like Aaron telling his story, then me and then Aaron and Mel's story, like our introduction mm-hmm. to like, like, hey, here we are, which was to all of us kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, we love to talk. Uh, we're, we're not that private, but, you know sharing going out there and sharing your life all of a sudden and introducing you're like throwing it out there for everybody what was a trip and like now going back and let now that we shared so much and people know us sometimes better than we know ourselves because they listen we're, we're we're spitting it out and talking about it and sometimes we we all do that we forget sometimes like oh we did talk about like how did that person know that it's like oh shit we talked about that on the show three years ago mm-hmm. in detail on yeah. several episodes, but going back to the beginning and listening to how we started, it was like, then went to introducing Sid and Adam and some of our friends. And like, you know, it was like the, like writing about what, you know, it's what we knew at the time yeah. and welcoming people in. And we were all like, kind of like, Oh, okay. What? Like not knowing that you all were going to listen. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then it started progressing. And I, I remember a big milestone was that, Aaron always very much admired Duncan Trussell and his podcast and was like, you know, screw it. I'm going to reach out to him. And he got back. We had him on the show. And then all of a sudden it started, you know, started booking guests and started getting a whole lot of like traction up here locally and started meeting local bands. Next thing we know, local bands are reaching out to us, wanting to be on the show because they were listeners which helped broaden our horizon of just Grateful Dead stuff to a bigger scope. And then, and then it just kept getting wider and wider and then jumped forward to like, was it 2008? Yeah, 2018 when we went to High Sierra. Mm-hmm. And that was like our first music festival. And getting in, that that was a big one. That really sticks out in my mind. I listened today to, uh, to a show that said, we all of us, that was like our highlight. At that, it was like November of 2018, an episode, and we were like, "You, you said it, babe. You're like, 
that high Sierra was just a, a mountaintop moment for me. Yeah. And we were like, all of us, yeah. That that was our first big journey. That was our first big journey. The, the whole yeah. listeners will know if you don't, you're going to have to find out and go back yeah, and that's listen. Right. Go back. But the whole doo doo limo thing, it, it was such an adventure for us. And it was, you know, quite a long haul driving from here to Quincy. Oh, yeah. Up in the mountains and everything. And well, then. And Osiris, like, helping us out. And, yeah. like, yeah. And the names that we had on our roster to interview, we were really feeling like we were, we were hitting home runs yeah. as far as who we were getting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and got also what we were we producing there. at that at that point, like you were saying at Apple, like up until that point, like we were producing stuff that we just didn't like hanging out and didn't know what we were doing, and each time was refining us. Yeah, and then then we got that our first festival mm-hmm. under our belt. And we're like, holy shit, okay, this, we can do this. That was like the first way it was like, okay, we, we can do this. We can go to festivals. We can be professional. And then we did Skull and Roses and, you know, got invited by Dennis McNally. Dennis McNally reaches, you know, starts communicating with us. And then we go to Skull and Roses and got like, like getting his seal of approval for all of us, I know, you know, it was like, man, you guys are awesome. You're, you're like, do what you say. You're on time. You, I love what you do. And we weren't, he sends us so many guests now. Yeah. And he, he's, he's a friend. Mm-hmm. To, be, he's a, to be a part of that inner circle yeah. but like that, like to even, that he even knows who we are. Is like, wow. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, holy it's shit. like, Wow. Yeah. And and now like that that blew us away. That was to me that was another milestone like that getting to meet Dennis in person and getting his like his thumbs up right. and his you know his his sly wink and thumbs up and approval. And then and since then then it's just it's really taken off. <laughs> how do since you, that how, and how then, do you feel about it, Apple? Like, well, hold on, let me let me get to that because then and then after that part that that's where like we've talked about. The engine was cranking. We were just shoveling the coal in. We're getting ready for like every, you know, everybody for 2020 for what was going to come. And then we all know what happened. The whole world got shut down and we panicked at first a little, didn't quite know what was going to happen. And that actually turned into a beautiful thing because then all of a sudden we have all these artists that that pivot that have been on their road like their whole life. Some of them, you know, have not had a break in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And all of a sudden they're at home. Like I remember the big one, too, I just I will always remember talking to David Schools when he was so happy talking about like like as simple of a thing as being there to see the peaches on his peach tree. It was the first time he'd seen it. He said his wife always had to save peaches for him when he got off the road and got home. He never got to see him grow and go out and pick one like that. You know, the, the world slowed down and shut down, but it became a great thing for us. It became our therapy. Uh, we now find out more and more as we're getting back out and meeting listeners that it was their therapy, which and still that, is. Yeah, and still is, and that, I mean that is a monumental thing to get that kind of, and not even praise, but like like just feedback. Feedback, feedback for sure. It, it, it's amazing, and, and that's continuing on now with you getting out to shows again. Now, it, it every show we meet more and more listeners that are so sincere and so awesome and just like us, and it's. It's the most amazing thing. It's like a social club we started. <laughs> yeah. And it's growing and growing. 
And then <clears throat> yeah. either, that's a great way getting, to put it. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting like emotional now, but like then leading up, you know, then we do this year we do uh skull and roses. We finally get to go back there and, and enjoy that and further like prove ourselves and get uh, acquainted with more people in that family. And then uh, go, getting invited to peach festival which you know that that was one out of the blue that was not that even blew Aaron away it's like all of a sudden it's like hey here's live nation we like what you guys do why don't you come to the peach festival on the east coast boom we're there we do that and then into string summit and that, that's it. i mean we just put those episodes out while you're going to be hearing the second while you're going to be hearing these <laughs> the string about, summits out Hi, it is the second one's out. Yeah, it'll when this comes out. Oh, it will be out. Okay, okay, and 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 it's it's just so heartwarming and amazing to the 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 growth that we actually obtained through the lockdown when things were kind of stagnant. It continued to grow and get stronger, and I mean that's a testament to what we're doing. And but what I want to know is like, how do you feel? I get that. That's that's all cool. Like that's how the I history. feel. Yeah. I feel you, like my voice is coming. I feel amazing about this. I, I mean, coming through in my voice, I think the inflection of my voice. I feel amazing, fucking happy, awesome. <laughs> Everything we do. Most recent one is, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this after we go through this. But we just went to Billy Strings last weekend for two days. And had amazing experiences, but one of the standouts there, as far as like meeting people, was a listener of ours, Paul, who has written into the show. He personally, he stopped me and was like, I just want to talk to you for a minute. And he thanked me. If you're a listener, you've heard me talk about my medical issues. And it was something he thanked me for. He was having some colon issues, rectal colon issues, and thanked me because it made him go to the doctor. And he needed to. And his wife also thanked me for doing that. And it was like, holy, it's like one of those things I was saying the other day, like, like if I could just help one person, it, it's true. Yeah. It felt so good to get that feedback. And then he also had reached out to Aaron because he had lost his father around the same time Aaron had. And to, to have that kind of connection with somebody and that, you know, that's been a while that he's been holding that and he finally got to meet us and it was such a cool meeting and such a cool hug and handshake and <laughs> connection and exchanging information. We're brothers now. Wow. It, yeah. And it's going to keep happening <laughs> well, and, is what's so awesome. That's and, a, yeah, I feel amazing about it. And it's, so the second part of this, and Mel, hang on a second, because I want to. Oh, I'm. I want to hear fine. what you guys say. I really feel like Apple kind of spoke a lot for the both of us, and 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 bringing that history up because it is relevant to what you're asking because it kind of brings up all those feelings. I know for a while Apple and I, not with the show. The show was doing great, but like we were kind of dealing with like how involved and how much workload was on you. Whether like our attitudes grew through the show. So I think feeling like hearing all of that really just kind of um, makes me think about when, you know, it was more of a novelty to me. The show right. was a novelty. It wasn't something that I considered as a, a, a possible resource for finances, let alone 
new family members like i didn't know the uh, the scope of of what of what we were doing and so kind of like a hobby yes it's exactly what it felt like 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 we were doing a good puzzle together you know but we're not gonna sell our puzzle no one else is gonna see it (laughs) it's just something fun we're doing and i i mean i was very naive to think that now in hindsight but like i had to work through so many issues of like the transparency of sharing myself and like wanting to feel private and then being angry that we were spending all of our quote unquote like time family time like without our family like on you know so I like had to go through so many emotional struggles with the show like but when I look at it and on its own like as its own like child or its own being you can't not look back at it and be proud of everything that we've done right and like yeah want to just do and give more to it and so the thought process behind what i'm getting at like like i said i've been thinking about this a lot this past couple of weeks and like like you guys said when we started doing this i also this was a hobby this you know, I, I didn't ever think that we'd be doing a weekly podcast for five years. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? I've never done anything like that before. Yeah. But, um, but here we are. And like. Yeah, when you say that too, it kind of brings a certain kind of reality to it. Yeah. Think about that <laughs> oh, shit. A weekly podcast. 52 weeks. Yeah. For and, five and years. And sometimes two, some, maybe three episodes yeah. in a week. Yeah. Like, we've, we've done a lot. Anyway. <laughs> I don't how do I say this like I can I, I can think what I'm want to say but I can't get it out right like okay five years in we're doing this thing like it's it's already like we've said it before like no simple road is alive it's a thing and it does what it wants yeah. and it books itself and like all that stuff but like I think like okay, cool, here we are now, where do we want to go, right? Like, I don't, I don't want in five years to still be sitting here in this chair doing the same thing, right? Five years ago, we were sitting on the porch. Now we're here, and we have all this amazing stuff that we've done, and we have something beautiful that we've created and like so i've been thinking like what now more direction instead of just happens and not not like this isn't enough i want more what next not like that i think i think to me though like what you're saying too is our love and dedication for this podcast and what we're doing we all love it so much that it's all we want to do it's what we want to do full time and give ourselves a hundred percent to it you know it, that that that's what we want to do none of us are, are like like oh i'm trying to figure out other things and stuff but we all want to be doing this and that's why you know like when we ask about you know like the patreon support and stuff that's what we're working towards that of getting the other distractions out of our lives that help pay the bills well, and things like that to to do this well, all the time and grow it. And that's, that's 
making it become other things like we've been doing. Right. And being able to get out on the road and come, like we say all the time, it's one of our dreams too, is be able to not necessarily live on the road, but who, I mean, who, who knows, but like being able to get out on the road and get back to the East coast and do runs and be out there and meet everybody. Right. Is a dream. And so what I was thinking was like, you know, at some point, and I think you both would agree with this, that, the moments that we've had doing live podcasting have been fucking amazing. Yes. Those peach live podcasts were stellar. Well, and I was even thinking of when we were at summer meltdown. That's, that's the thought that I had. Mojo family fest too. Like, yeah. And there's, we've created a community like, this show has a community around it. So why wouldn't we be out engaging the community in a live setting? Like it seems like the next logical step for no simple road. Right. Am, am I? No, I think you're absolutely right. Cause that's when we're here. We've said it before people that don't do pocket when you're at a, at a, at a show or at a festival, Nothing else matters. You are 100% there. Everything else is shut off. That's when we get to be our best and give 100% to the show. Like when we were at Peach, there's a, we're not paying attention to our work or what we got to go back to. It's not even a thought of what exists no. beyond that moment or before that moment. It's about being in that moment. And like that, taking like going and taking it to the community and not just shows and getting out there, being able to get out there and be no simple road is what we want to do. Yeah. That's, that's what I've been thinking, man. It's like, that seems like the next logical step for us. And the, the, it's not like there's no such thing as a live podcast that that's a thing. And Osiris is doing a lot of it back East right now, actually with the idea that I had a while back of like, let's interview a musician and then have a show that's happening back East. It should also be happening out West with us. And I just, I guess where I'm coming from is like, we've been blessed with this wonderful thing and I want to be the best caretaker of it as I can. You know what I mean? And like, I, you guys call me the conductor and that's cute or whatever, but like. You've also coined yourself. There's, there's no, (laughs) there's no grand, there has been no grand plan for this. Like I don't have a five year plan that I'm working towards or some fucking spreadsheet with dates that like, okay. but You you are a very planned person and you, you, you do plan things. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I don't. I know what you mean with the show. It's taken on its own life, but this is also kind of a direction because you were like, I want to start going to festivals and you did it. I want to start doing live podcasts and we've done them. I want to start like we have, it has been planned. Maybe you didn't have it on a spreadsheet, but you had it in your head and it made it happen. Well, isn't that, I mean, whatever the next thing is that we want to do, we're going to do it. And you know, (laughs) you asked, you know, Apple, my thought about like our future and what I'd like to see and what I'm wanting to contribute or whatever is like, I, because, um, the show is five years old and there's, 
we've had such busy um, summer and new opportunities, there's no way that I can ignore the, you know, <laughs> what's happening. Like there, like there's growth taking place. You need to step up on certain things. And so I'm really trying to hone my skills in on like all the background stuff of stuff that I just didn't pay attention to or care about or care to learn. And so that's stuff that since I left Trader Joe's have been, you know, doing more and also like wanting to do and and doing currently like art pieces for the show for each episode for our our um our previous guests is something that I've had in my mind to do and it just seemed like such a big undertaking because we've had like over 200 guests but um I really ha- like started thinking about like you know no simple road is a legacy and there's these incredible backlog of stuff and I've got like my book and my my journal and like all these ideas of like how to do somewhat like a you know like a, a like a scrapbook piece for each show and so that's something that's new that I've been working on um behind the scenes to kind of contribute to our whether it'll be our merch or just like our yearbook or something like that um for us and for our you know our, our listeners, listeners and our family out there you know so those are the things that I'm doing when I'm thinking about looking forward and travel is in our future and it has been in our future and doing more live stuff. Absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to like be able to take it all in and and learn in addition to do. Yeah. And you know, it's speaking about the legacy part of this, like for all you guys listening, think about this for a second. Like if you were alive when Jerry was alive, you know what it was like when he passed away. It's, it was, it rocked us when Neil passed away that, fucking sucked and caused a a huge ripple in in our scene in our community so much so that like people were writing tribute songs and playing his his covers and they put that highway butterfly album out they put out the album of his um photographs and and all that and like what we've what we have as a as a like the no simple road family what we've done together you guys and us by you guys listening every week and us putting the shows out is we've cataloged the last five years of this scene yes and like and there was nothing that was doing that prior to five years that i can think of no and like dude there there's interviews with neil there's interviews with donna and jeff and like keller williams keller and all these people and, and we had Craig Marshall on the show. We yeah. recently lost him. Yeah. And that was an amazing. Aww. Yeah. And like hang out. If those stories aren't preserved, they disappear. And that was something that was really impressed on me because of, um, the ending of Northwest string summit, you know, like 20 years of history is just going to be gone. And it's in the minds and hearts of the people that were there. And other than that, it doesn't exist anywhere. And like, yeah, you can go and you can watch like a set from Northwestering Summit on YouTube and like 
but you're not getting the feeling from the community of that festival from watching a video. No. And like that goes for all of the stuff that we've had the opportunity to do. And like the Grateful Dead community, the family is so wide reaching. It's something that like I had very narrow, um, a very narrow perspective on what that meant when we started doing this. And like, I would say almost every musician, not everyone, but almost every musician that we've spoken to on this show has in some way, shape or form been influenced by the Grateful Dead. Yeah. And that's saying something like that's huge. And so to have the opportunity to like catalog a space in time like this is super fucking rad. It really is. It's super cool, man. And I don't take that shit lightly. That's serious to me, man. That's like, it's a big deal. (laughs) If somebody had, had like, when we first moved up here from, from Vegas, if somebody had come to me and been like, Hey man, um, I want you to catalog the jam scene for the next five years and be a voice. I would, I wouldn't have known what to do with myself. <laughs> I like, well, wait, what does that look like? I what do you mean? Yeah, I would have been a mess. Do? And I would have gone off the rails too. That's what's so awesome about this is it started with you and a mic on the porch and it is growing. It started with that one little seed, that little snowball Now we snowball got Eli mic. Paw doing friggin' on the scene reports and sending them in. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I... You know, also, our life is about to change dramatically. And, you know, a little miniature segue, it's still kind of relevant. But, you know, when you, you lose a person, whether through death, through moving, through not talking to them anymore, it shifts your life. If it's somebody that you see on a daily, weekly, semi-regular basis, it shifts your life. It, you don't get that energy and that presence anymore and then depending on how close you are you don't get that time it doesn't take up it doesn't take up that much time so you and I specifically but the our entire household we're about to go through a huge shift and anytime that happens it's it's hard to predict what the fallout's going to be because it's so new that we can't even see it yet right yeah our and, our 20 year old son is getting ready to move to Eugene yeah he's about to move and you know and like I'm kind of like anticipating and excited about the shift of the movement of furniture and cleaning and, and getting rid of things and moving in the house. Yeah. It's going to be a big undertaking, but it's like an opportunity to create something fresh. And I feel like that's what you're talking about with the show. Like it's not stale, it's moved and graduated and become beautiful, but it it could use like a new rug, you know, it could use some new blinds. Yeah. And also I feel like since we've moved up here, I feel more connected to the changing of the seasons and the planet. Oh yeah. Because, because we actually have seasons here. <laughs> well, because we can literally look outside and one minute our trees are green and the next minute there's no leaves and right. there we can see, and, you know? And so like winter, fall and winter time, fall is all about the harvest and, and stocking. 
for the winter and like storing up, getting ready for, you know what I mean? And it's also about like counting your blessings too. Yes. Cause you're receiving all of these blessings, your harvest. And it's yes. Acknowledging harvest, sharing. That's right. another thing. Like kind of like community. So that's, that's why this, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that this has been on my mind is because like, and I know that I, I know, yeah, the holidays are right around the corner. No, I know you guys listening understand this. If you've been traveling and doing runs or been on fish tour, or goose tour or whatever, like summer's been busy as fuck. And you're looking at your calendar right now and you're like, okay, there's like seven shows left and that's it. You know what I mean? Then, then we're harvesting. Then we're waiting for fish up. Mexico in February or whatever it is. And at that time of year, okay, great. You did all this stuff this summer and that's wonderful. And you had rad experiences and that's what it's all about. But now what? When it's harvest time and it's time to pull in and stock your pantry back up, what are you putting in there? Right? Like what? what's what's going on the shelves what are you canning you know, metaphorically and not like and i you know i sit down here i work from home right now and my desk faces a big sliding glass window and i look outside and i'm so i'm in the studio slash office all day five days a week and i'm sitting here looking out the window and i'm literally watching it all happen like day to day i'm watching this change go down with my environment you know what I mean and so it's affects me in my head too because I'm that and it's we talked about this before that entrainment you're the closer you are to nature the more it attunes you to its rhythm and because you're it's a visual part and you go out a lot to smoke so you're out in it as well so you're not just looking at it you're you're participating in it. You're seeing it. And so it's, it puts your cycles back into a natural rhythm. And it makes you, what can I do with my life? What can I shed? What can I grow? What can I learn? What can I share? What can I leave out? You know, what can I, you know, throw away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, the show has a cycle too. Yeah. It, it, it definitely could use like, okay, we don't need those books anymore. All right, let's, you know take this poster down, put this one up. Like we need that as a family. We need that as a couple, as a, we need that as a show. We need it as, as a society, even it's like, we need it. We need to like clean up and regroup and come up back with fresh stuff. You know, it, it, I hate to sound like an old guy right now, but like in the world that we live in now, it's everything is so transient and so fast and move so quickly on to the next thing. And like, I think back to the last Grateful Dead album that came out and what the name of it was. And like, do you want to share that it, with the audience? It, well, I, they'll know what it is, but it's built to last. Not everybody's going to know that. Well, okay. It's built to last. And like, the song is actually like literally telling you look for something that's built to last like and 
He didn't know that this was going to be the way things were in 95. You know, he had no fucking idea. But here we are. And I feel like with NSR, we do have something that's built to last. It It is. It's it's because it's not just us sitting in here talking once a week. It's those meetings at the shows that we were just talking about with our with our family of like, Hey man, I've listened to you guys and this happened or you guys got me through this or I feel like I know you guys or I didn't have anybody to go to that show with and you guys were there and I got to hang out and we danced all night or like that's a real shit. That's not a 30 second Instagram reel. That's real human connection that's happening that like you can't you can't break that. No, and it exists. You know, we've talked about that before. Like, even if, if if we stopped right now and didn't do any more shows, we it was something built to last, just like the Grateful Dead. It's going to carry our, our friendships, our everything that we have made from these five years would continue to carry on no matter what. I saw it's built. It is. It's, it's one reason I had that. That was my first tattoo. I when Aaron first introduced me to Grateful Dead and was learning to tattoo, I immediately picked that album cover I wanted on my shoulder that built to last is built to last. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, fucking strong. I saw a picture from the Billy string show in Seattle of the Raverts with Kenzo, Amanda and Chris. Yes. That, I saw like, that. I was it, like, it melted my heart. It, I, I could, I was fucking dumbfounded by that. And with Julia and Josh, it like, specific that was like when we were all together and they sent us a picture with Jason and Audrey and Ryder and everybody from Apollo sons and (laughs) seeing that to me, it couldn't make me happier. It, It blew my mind. Like if for those of you that are listening, like the Raverts are friends of ours. Kenzo and Amanda are friends of ours that we, and we met both of them, all of them through no simple road. Kenzo and Amanda won tickets to the Pick'em Party, and we met Ben and Tiff at, at Northwest, at Northwest String, Summit. String Summit. And Kenzo and Amanda met at Northwest String Summit. <laughs> and then I'm, <laughs> I'm scrolling Instagram, and I see them all together, and I was like, holy shit, that would, that's no simple road family all together without I us. I know. Well, I and, and then we're so seeing much. it, too. And, and that was happening before we ever got a chance to meet him in person, like with Nate. And uh, Nola and yeah. all, like people across the country that we hadn't even had a chance to meet personally yet. We're starting to hang out because they had the show in common. If y'all haven't noticed it's listening, we're still excited about this. <laughs> we're still excited that you guys like us. We're still excited that you listen. We're still uh, what I was going to say earlier that I was holding. Hold on. When we went to yeah. the strings recently. I was sitting, like, kind of holding our spot. We had our little Aaron and Apple went to the bathroom. Sydney had gone with Jasper. (laughs) (laughs) Sydney and Jasper had gone. I'm sitting there. No, it was actually me and Jasper, and Sydney had gone or whatever. And I'm sitting there, and one of our listeners, and I wish she would have came closer and given me a hug, or, but, you know, it was, we had just sat down, and, you know, it's like you're disoriented at first, like looking around at, you know, who's around you, and, um, 
he came over and was like, I love your show. And it, that never gets old. It never, it just doesn't get old. Because it's the ultimate dopamine hit. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're listening. You know who I, what I look like to even find me in a crowd of however many hundreds of people. Right. And, and to, and to like, be like, I'm going to go say something and well, do it like that to me, that is better than a birthday present. And <laughs> it really is. And I got a very like sweet, um, personal text from Ben today. Oh, and like so that, sweet. that relationship that, him and I have is solely because of no simple road. It's because of the show. And like, like you just said, we still are excited about it. Like I'm still five years in like, Oh my God. It's baffling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I, and the people that it's brought into our life are the most amazing sweetheart beautiful human beings like i have a laundry list in my head right now of folks that i could just like fire off and each one is as rad as the next and brings something super special to the table and the fact that they're hanging out independent of us like and becoming friends and and going to shows together and that is what i've always wanted like if 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 like when we were at northwest string summit cody cody was all high and he was like when if if when i was a kid i wrote down a list of my favorite shit and exactly what i wanted this to look like this is it like somebody stole (laughs) the list out of my head and made that's this like if when i was younger and on the road if somebody handed me a piece of paper and was like if you could build the coolest community what would it look like and i made a list it would be this it'd be everything yeah that's one thing i love about that and this this is all of us one thing that's awesome about this community as we say is we are a bunch of like nomads and bag vagabonds like we're willing under moments notice to drop everything and travel across the country, spend everything we have, go beyond our means to get to more of the family across the country, out of the country, like everything to, to get to that source of the love and meet more people and grow it. I mean, there's not a lot of communities like this. No. So what I just heard is that that you're going to come to the train and goose shows with us. (laughs) <laughs> pay for me or pay for seven hundred dollars of miss pay in my rent i'm okay, down let's go man okay and then we got it right? <sighs> but this community is well i mean we're willing to do so much one that stands out in my mind is brad brad from iowa oh, oh yeah we've met him at so many places now and, and we see him he's he's like I, he, to me he's the like, he's like the, the male gorge, annabelle right? Everything he posts, he's like, he's like, it's like on the West Coast, East Coast, South, boom, boom, boom. He's like everywhere. And, and we've still met him. Have ice cream with his daughter. Yeah. Oh. And we've met him so many times now and had such great hangouts every time we get to see him. I mean, that's this community is willing to do whatever it takes to be together. Yeah. To be together. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, 
we're going into the fall and that's, you know, time to hang out with family and be home and sweep all the dust bunnies out from under your chair and your bed and get and celebrate. And yeah. You know, celebrate. before you hunker down, you want to clean it up. You want to dust. Yeah, you want to hunker down in some bullshit. No, before you make that apple pie, you got to clean the kitchen. You got to do these like basic little things. And so everybody listen to mom. I'm excited about what we're going to bring you that we don't even know we're going to bring you that's in the short term future that we haven't made up yet because <laughs> it we haven't been inspired yet, but it's going to happen and it's going to be cool and you're going to love it and you're going to remember this. You'll be like, yeah, Mel did say that. Yes, we're going to bring you some dope stuff and we're not going to stop until something catastrophic happens. Basically, Mel just said, I'm <laughs> excited about shit I don't even know about. I am. <laughs> I'm excited about my projects. I don't know. They're very inspiring to me. And so when I feel like when I'm inspired, I whatever I'm touching or whatever I'm doing is. Well, you know, you know, it's got that juju. It's like I said, it's that time of year when when you clean up and you get everything ready. And then, you know, the holidays come and then right after that is springtime and we're back at it again. And it happens fast. Does. It happens really fast. It's I don't know if it's a phenomenon of aging or mm-hmm. not. No, because we've been saying this for years now. I mean, we're older in age, and it feels faster than before. But we were saying this. It goes before so time, fucking fast. Listen, these dumb cliches. Time is precious. Yes. And you know, we were joking the other day, like, um. Friday night and Saturday night, we went and saw Billy Strings at Edgefield. And let me tell all of you that Saturday night, Billy Strings show here at Edgefield. Wow. Holy shit. Billy motherfucking Strings. Totally get it. Anyway, on Sunday morning, we were recovering on the porch with one eye crossed and my hair sticking up, having a cup of coffee. And I got a text from um, my brother Ben. And he was like, I think. It would be in all our best interest if we got in the car and drove up to Seattle and saw the next <laughs> Billy Strings show up there. And everything in me wanted to go do that. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, I, I really want, but. Yeah, I was feeling very different. Than but you. <laughs> I also wanted to get something to eat and rest and recover and have something in the tank for this week and goose and all that. But it's, it's that kind of like drive and that's the shit. Like being ready to go like that and because, and it, it doesn't have anything to do with like anything other than wanting to be around the vibe and the people. And that's fucking rad. You know, yeah, that's yeah, super dope. <laughs> <laughs> that getting those texts uh, from uh, him are hilarious and fun. You know, I our family is hilarious and fun. Texts from everybody we know. That's one thing I love. <clears throat> like we we all know each other and met all these people together from No Simple Road, but we all have our own. We have our No Simple Road bond when we're all together, like at shows and different things. But they also have our own personal relationships with each of these people. Yeah, it was <laughs> and silly, I wish silly you guys inside seen, things um, and 
Apple at Billy Strings. He was like literally the social butterfly of the he entire. He was the of the ball. It's a, yes. It's like he had the beautiful gown on and he had to go say hi to everybody. Like it was like his party. And the he was saying hi. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> like you, like Aaron said, it, I mean, that's what we all love is live music. Being at a show, I, I never feel so alive. As when we're at a live show, it, it's it's freaking amazing. I just want to run around. It reminds me like Cody has that Kermit me. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> woo, woo. Okay, now I got to go over here. Now I got to go over here. I got to go over here. It, yeah, live living, <laughs> living life and live shit is, is where it's at. Yeah, it is where it's at. All being with each other. And I'll tell you what, man, I have a, a brand new gratitude bone. As far as that's concerned, like you have a gratitude bone. I do. I, I have an extra bone in my finger. For it's what? a gratitude bone that I didn't have before for live music. Oh, like, like I've said before, man, I kind of took it for granted. Like there'll always be shows. There's not oh, like, okay. live I music going to go away. What are you talking about? Bands aren't going to disappear. What the venues are going to close. Guess what? You're done. Um, yeah, yeah, we appreciate, we appreciate everything a whole lot more. And it, it makes it so much more valuable yeah and what made my show even better because i only went to the friday night show was jasper <laughs> jasper I mean, was the bell of the ball thanks for <laughs> hanging out with me and jasper billy strings <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> thanks for being singing us into this beautiful like the weather was perfect yes we had a cute little spot that way in the back Jasper was uh, the second social butterfly running around being cute. It was, it was a really beautiful memory. It was I, a great I, night. Let me set, let me set a scene for them too. Cause this was my favorite theme because it, what Jasper's four, he's going to be four. Yeah. He'll be four in November so, 11th. Yeah. So he's almost four and he is the most awesome, happy go lucky little dude. But when we got there, he wasn't like having it. Mm-hmm. He was like Billy strings, worst critic ever. He turned his little cute dog chair. That, that was so cute, too. We got to bring my chair. He was so worried about his chair. And we got it there, set it up. He turned it around back towards the stage, towards Billy Strings and everything, and was sitting there with his arms crossed like, like, like I'm not having this. Like, that's how it started, which, which is, well, not unusual, but more unusual than him being a awesome kid running around and everything. But he's just sitting there, and I tried to approach him. And was like, come on, buddy, get it. He just looked, he just gave me the, a look like, the don't look. even. Yeah, I was like, okay, what kind Next thing I know, the music started and, and friends and everybody are coming around. Next thing I know, he's up dancing around. He's got like a two foot long glow in the dark, like caterpillar thing that he's swinging <laughs> right. around. Tiffany came and over he, and brought that. And he, is, and he is so funny too. He all. He he's a ladies' man at, at barely four. Oh yeah, he, he always picks somebody, and then like that night, it was to pick Tiff to take him on an he adventure. He told Sydney and Adam like he loves blondes. Yeah, that's his favorite. And and he what he he was also he was my competition for Bella the Ball that night for sure. <laughs> he, was. he would he was a hit the next night. Our friends and stuff were talking about Jasper from the night before. Dude, I I took him. I danced off with him. He was, he was like, I want to go closer. I can't see him playing. And I was like, okay. So I grabbed him and was dancing with him and took him down to the pit. And when we got about two thirds of the way down to the pit, he saw the stage and saw Billy strings and, and Billy failing and all them up there. And he like turned on like 
his eyes got big and he froze and was like enraptured with what was going on. And he kept asking what the fiddle was. Yeah. He, he was like, what is that? What's that instrument on the end? What is that? And I was like, that's the fiddle. He's like, I'm going to play the fiddle like that. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you are. And, uh, he was so blown away by the lights. And then after about five minutes, he tapped me on the shoulder and he was like, all right, grandpa, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, dude, let's go. And cruise back to the spot. He got his input, got a download, decided he's going to kick ass on the fiddle someday. And, <laughs> and he's also Batman. <laughs> we, we, we discovered that our grandson is Batman and he is serious business. He's not joking around like, Oh yeah, I'm like pretending. There's no pretend word in there. You can't even call him Jasper. No, like and and he ha- he's on and off also. Like Sydney's Catwoman, he talks, you know, and I think um Adam is the Riddler and or I'm, I'm the Flash. I can no, I I can't be a superhero. He specifically said it's for my mom and my dad. No, he told you me. Could, no, you could be Flash, but yeah. I couldn't be a superhero. I it was like it's no, it's not like that. And I was like, "Okay. It's not like and, that. And You're so, new new." Sydney took a picture. Aaron, um, before he left, had sent him a little Batman costume, <laughs> and Sydney sent that's us what this. Grandpas do. And Sydney sent this incredible, incredible video of him being Batman, and it's too precious to not. Sh- I, maybe I'll share it because it's, it's 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 the best. I'm yeah, surprised but, either one of you have yet. I thought, you I, yeah, it, I feel like, like it's checking private. out his muscles. I'll it kind of, it kind of is. It is private. It, I feel a like picture will probably yeah. pop up. I'll for, tell you what, though, man, having our grandson with us at Billy Strings was one of the highlights of a summer already filled with amazing highlights. That's it. You add our personal family, the one that we created, and mix it in with our No Simple Road family at an incredible musical live event it's all of our favorite things in one location like i feel like nothing else could matter no and that's something that's something that that struck me that night too that i mean it's happened before because sid's been to many shows with us but she hasn't been to show with us in a while there was friends and listeners of ours that wanted to come meet sydney because they know her so well from following her career And us talking about her, like yes. they, like that's terrible. Oh, Sydney's with you guys. I got it. Where are you at? I got to come meet Sydney too. Yeah. Like that's the overspill kind of of no simple road on the family. Yeah, and- when you all are loving on our kids because they're our kids and you don't even know them. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, freaking rad and sweet. Yeah, and thanks for making thank her you. feel at home, you guys. Yeah. That that was really cool of all of you. Like she was feeling the love. Yeah, she Billy definitely. Strings. And then and the next day when. The Ravers hosted us. They were so sweet to have us all over at their property and just spending time with them. And Jasper, again, like Rhythms he was, ground is magic. He was so yeah. in love with just everything, like the little pond there and the dog and the, just Tiffany. Like mm-hmm. he loved everything about it. And it was such a great um, last thing to do. It was like Sydney's last day. It was like the best way to spend it. So, and, and he picked someone that way. He got Ansley and was oh, like, you're taking me Ansley on an adventure. When they Ansley went, and Graham loved that. Yeah. Too. So I don't know what day this is going to come out, but it'll be out before Thursday. And Thursday is Goose. So you just listen to all of us talk about all this. If you're here in Portland and you're going to Goose, 
come say hi. Yeah. If you see us, come freaking dance with us. A come peace hang out. sign even from across the room. Like maybe you don't feel like going. You'd be like, hey, I'll tell you guys up? all a secret. All three of us carry no simple road stickers with uh, us. Not at all the time. Show. Sometimes I forget. No, we won't forget at this yeah, show. Not, well, I'm not, I'm not gonna out. say that. Sometimes I forget. Well, I always have <laughs> one, no simple road one stickers. Of the, one of, of the three of us should have yes. a sticker or something go, on so us. So if you see us at the show, come <laughs> give us a hug. One of us will give you a sticker. We always have <laughs> hugs. We all carry pockets full of That's hugs. That's true. I don't run out of those. No. Unless I'm asleep. Plenty of hugs. I, sometimes I do run out of hugs. I will say that. When? When have you ever I never do at shows. I don't know. I do at other I, places. I've never but... ran out, but I think well, I Why are you could. talking shit? Uh, why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not talk shit? All right. shit. Why not? So, I don't, I don't know. We what... got spare hugs for Mel if she runs out. And Darwin has tell you that. Um. Yeah, so come hang out with us at Goose, everybody. And uh, if if not, we'll see you at Dick's in in a couple of weeks. We are two weeks away from Dick from four That's days of fish. That's incredible because what I, you I, should I, see Mel's eyes look <laughs> like a cartoon spinning around right now. I just <laughs> thought there was more time. Nope. Let's go. Yeah, remember, we're taking. We're, remember, we were sitting here talking when when it was uh, March. And we're like, okay, we got uh, we got skull and roses in a couple of weeks, and yeah. now here we are. We're like, it's not going to be too long, like and we're going to be sitting like here talking about everything from the summer. <laughs> we are taking a, another no simple road family member, Nate Big Red One, oh. who we met through the show. He is the grand poobah of the no simple road. Sure family. is. We are taking we are we have the great honor of taking Nate to his very first fish show. And I am so excited to look at his face <laughs> on Thursday night, about four songs in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to see that face. It's going to be great. And I can't wait to see your faces, too. Like I said, we're going to be podcasting live from there. We're going to be live streaming from Shakedown. So come get interviewed by No Simple Road at Dick's. Yeah. Anybody have anything to say before we take off? Thanks for always showing up every week. Thank you, thank, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for the memories. We're not done, <laughs> Aaron. Same. Aaron, no, thanks for the memories so far. No, memories continue. Thanks for the memories so far. It feels well, Aaron like, has like brought an up, end we kind of went, we kind of went down memory lane, memory lane here we on did. this, and it. All to find out how so you much. feel about the show. <laughs> yeah. Good. Which the answer, I mean, we could go, we Good. could rewind an hour and be like, awesome. Yeah. Mel's like, cool. Good. Awesome. I Great. Feel good about okay. it. Here, Thanks for joining us. Hang on. Apple, yours was awesome. Mel's awesome. was excited for what I don't know yet. That was, that was your guys' answers in short. Yeah. yeah. Excited about what we're going to create that, that we haven't created about. yet, that yeah. we don't know about. Yeah. Well, I don't know what my answer was. You're know. the one who asked it and didn't give an answer? No. Yeah, you didn't sum it up in one sentence. No, you talked a lot, yeah. though. I did. And we're having a hard time getting out what you meant. Yeah. That's all right. We'll 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 talk behind the scenes, and we'll come back to you next week. and We'll report back. And we'll with reiterate with, with everything Aaron's we just said. With Aaron's one-word <laughs> synopsis of That's how he right. feels. Me and Apple rad. will, like, there, rock, okay, paper, rad. scissors, the one word that we, no, <laughs> we it, feel sums it, up Aaron. It, it's rad. Okay. Tight. Rad. <laughs> Sweet. Legit. J Rad. <laughs> J Rad, man. I love you guys. We'll Bunk be back next week with more all. stuff and things. Remember, oh, 
We have um, one last announcement. We are in the final weeks before Camp Suds. We're going to be podcasting. Oh. Speaking of live podcasting, we're going to be podcasting live from Camp Suds. If you're up here in the Portland or Eugene, Cottage Grove, Oregon area, grab your tickets, man. Come see Cycles, Sponge, Bodie Mojo, a Family, bun- Mystic. Family Mystic, a bunch of other amazing bands, and us. Us. Podcasting Yay. live. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And um, all our peeps. All our peeps. And remember, we also have um, Cycles coming up, an interview with Cycles. We have, um, help me out, guys. Steve, Moon Alice, Steve Roger McNamee. We have Steve Kimoff. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. We have some great shows in the can right now for you guys. So hang tight. We'll be back next week with more stuff and things. We love you guys. Take care of each other. Smile a stranger. Safety third. And we'll see you soon. Peace. tell you about the april may 2023 issue of relics magazine features a dave matthews band cover story with additional articles and interviews with the national graham nash wayne shorter alo ivan neville our friend eric krasno and stanton moore marty stewart and much more check out the latest version of relics and subscribe now at relics.com dmb thanks relics I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now on Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.